This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Good morning and welcome to the show, everybody. Just a uh, slight hiccup there. We can get that fixed. Good morning and thanks for joining us, everybody. It is Wednesday Rocking on into the midpoint of the week here later today, and we've got a lot to talk about. One of our uh, favorite guests, frequent, I would say, frequent guest in the studio, Gilbert Gottfried, passed away. Um, so we're going to talk more about that. We're going to do a special airing of uh, Do- Dominic the Donkey, the Gilbert Gottfried edition. In time Gilbert Gottfried sang Dominic the Donkey with us for that Christmas. Was awesome. Nico had opened for uh, Gilbert, mm-hmm. and you can uh, you can verify Gilbert was pretty frail here the past few couple times years, he visited. Yeah. A couple couple of years he visited El Paso. Yeah, super frail. Uh, it was but it wasn't to... anything specific, like Mm-mm. you know, wouldn't say anything about it. Just I need help getting on stage. So I assume Gilbert would take it down a notch or two. Like when he wasn't on, right? Very quiet, kind of reserved. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried lost his uh, battle with muscular dystrophy. He was 67 years old. Uh, type 2 myotonic dystrophy, which is a form of muscular dystrophy. Um, decades of amazing comedy work, but he's probably going to be best remembered as the voice of two birds, Iago the Parrot. Yeah. In Aladdin, and the duck in the Affleck insurance commercials, until he got until he got fired for making insensitive jokes about a tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's just lay it all out there, man. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Gilbert Gottfried uh, passed away at the age of sixty-seven. The uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, defamation trial got started underway. Apparently, it is on television. Mm-hmm. On, must see TV. What's it on, Joanna? Like court TV. Is I, that's what but I was it's thinking. Also streaming, like everywhere. All right. I bought my UFC fight pass to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got Easter coming up on Sunday, so uh, I've got an article that just went up where I rank Easter candies from my favorite to my least favorite. And I enlisted Nico and Joanna so you could see their list. My favorite, I got a real problem with this. My number one candy, Uh Joanna put in the number 10 position. So we only did Mm -hmm. 10 candies. And out of the 10 candies, the one that I picked number one, Joanna picked number 10. Mm -hmm. And How How can a human be so wrong? About something. I don't think I she asked is. The same thing right. about your number one. She, I saw hers and I thought, oh, I was going to put that as my last one, but it's going to hurt Buzz too much. So, you thought about Buzz's feelings. Yeah, so I said, I'll make that my number seven. Uh, we're talking about the very <laughs> divisive issue that is Cadbury eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Cadbury oh. eggs. And you put that behind uh, bunny corn? Yeah. Behind Jordan Almonds? Jordan Almonds. Behind Peeps? I would rather risk losing a tooth biting into a Jordan Almond than get a Cadbury egg. 
I think you're insane. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, El Paso made one of these stupid wallet hub lists for the best place to celebrate Easter. Oh, cool. Uh, El Paso was in the top ten with uh, factors like restaurants open for brunch, candy and flower shops. We do love brunch. Number of Easter egg hunt events and the weather forecast. I believe it's going to be pretty nice on Sunday. It's shaping up. There's no rain in the forecast. Looks like the winds aren't going to be as high as they've been the past couple of days. So I think the uh, the Easter weekend is shaping up to be uh, very nice, including Good Friday on Friday, which uh, I just found out is not a holiday for us. <laughs> it's kind of weird. but uh, So we're going to be talking about that. Let's find out what else is coming up on the show today. Uh, Joanna, what do we have in the way of entertainment news today? Have you ever heard of the debate about 28 Days Later, whether it's a zombie movie or not? Mm, I assumed it was a zombie movie. Right, everybody, I think, assumed. Clearly, clearly it's a zombie movie, yeah. Well, apparently there's a debate because a lot of people say it's not a zombie movie. But now the writer is weighing in and gives us a definite answer. And we're talking about 28 Days Later. Yes. Not, not 28, 28 weeks, weeks later. No, not 28 weeks later. 28 days later. Yeah. People have some kind of rage virus, and it makes them... Do they eat people? Yeah. No, no, no. I think no, no, they no, bite them. Is that what happens, and yeah. then they infect them? And I thought that was the first appearance of fast zombies. Like, I hadn't seen a Those zombie... Those were the fastest zombies I'd ever seen yeah. up until Them's that point. zombies that was... will catch you, dude. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been the first movie that I saw Cillian Murphy in. I don't know if he was in any movies before that, but it was like one of the very first ones. Uh, Nico, news headlines. What do we have headed our way as far as news goes today? Krispy Kreme Donuts is reflecting some of the pain of the times by selling their classic glazed donuts for the exact price of the national gas average. So you can buy a dozen Krispy Kreme glazed donuts for $4.54 right now. National average is four fifty four. That's right. Oh, I see. Uh, How much is a dozen of donuts regularly? Regularly, that's a good question. Right? Is this a good a good deal? Imagine they're How like. How much is it for a dozen? Just five. Just I don't like think I've ever bucks. gone in and gotten a dozen just glazed it donuts. Has to be just like five bucks. It's right? always you know. Give me some sprinkles. Give me some Boston cream. Well, they're glazed as they're classic. Yeah, I know, but I've never gotten a dozen just glazed donuts before. While you're, uh, if you look that up before you do the story, because I think that's a key component. How how much much an original? I don't, I don't buy them that often. Um, Well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to do any original research here. You just can't look up like what what a normal dozen donuts at Krispy Kreme is. Yeah, I I don't think so. Uh, Okay. Uh, this is happening again. A 39-year-old man in New Jersey is suing a Dunkin' location, saying the coffee they served was too hot, oh, and I when saw he that. spilled it onto his lap, it caused serious burns. Didn't the McDonald's lady do the same thing? Uh, yeah, this is like a 30-year-old story, but this lady, you know, it's a famous one, and that that's one of the things that people point to and say, Oh, lawsuits are out of control. But this lady had severe burns, and she was elderly, and mm-hmm. they were serving it way over uh, the legal 
limits on how hot you can serve coffee. Hey, we got a uh, we got a call from Nice Tony. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourself? Doing good, good. Tony. You good got an, you got an update on the uh, Uber situation on base at Fort Bliss? Yes, I do. Nothing has changed. It's still the same with the Uber driver's requirements to get the pass. I went this morning about five four thirty in the morning and uh, asked them, and they said no. It's still the same rules. Um, we still have to have somebody in the car or or be under a trip to get the pass. So we're still in the, it's still the same situation with us. All right. Well, Nico actually wrote an article. So Nico, what were you going to say? They they are, that they're going to change it, and they. But Tony's telling us they haven't changed it yet. Well, this is well, for they, a, a recreational pass. So I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I asked them about that, and they said yes, they are giving out recreational passes, but the Ubers still have to be under a trip or have somebody in the car oh, to get a okay. pass. So nothing has changed. It's just they still still the same situation. Okay. All right. Thanks. Nice, Tony. All right. All right. No problem, guys. You have a good morning. You Thank too, man. You. We'll see you. I'm trying to figure out a way that we can take credit for this uh, change. change in policy. Because <laughs> we had calls. Nice Tony was one of them last week yeah. saying, hey, as an Uber driver. They're I'm making it so of, hard. Yeah, I'm thinking about not picking up riders at Fort Bliss because it's so hard to go through the process of getting on base. I guess getting off base is no problem. But... What were you saying? Like in the past week since we talked about this, Fort Bliss says they're changing some of the visitor rules and they were going to open up Fort Bliss. Because another thing we were talking about is how they've got Freedom Crossing, they got stores and bars, and they got a movie theater. Almost like a mall. Yeah. And I got a feeling a lot of people avoid it because. You know, you might have to go over to the side and do they do a background check on you. Well, you right now place. it's completely off limits to anybody not associated with the DOD. So you you could get a visitor's pass, but you have to be with somebody. You have to be with somebody on base. But what in is the DOD? The, what is the update on that? On in the update, as of uh, April fourth, about nine days ago, you can go in and apply for a twelve. You you don't have to be associated with anybody from the base. You don't have to have... A friend or a family member. You, you don't have to have anybody with you. You could apply for one of these. Yes, and uh, it's a 12-month a recreational pass. Once you sign up, you have to be at least 16 years of age. Uh, you go to the gate just like you would and you, where you'd get your normal passes, and you just do a, a simple background check, and after that, they will give you your pass. A 12-month pass. So mm-hmm. why doesn't an Uber driver like Nice Tony, well, he said that he couldn't. He said that you well, still got to have somebody on the article is not i mean the article did not get into uber drivers just so you know, know that the n- nothing of nothing of what we're talking about Has specifically to applied uber. to uber drivers yeah so they didn't mention wonder, uber drivers at all i wonder since it's a recreational pass if it's only good for certain hours like hours where yes they restaurants said, uh, and bars think, and movie theaters and things would be open about i think <clears throat> i'll have to double check but yes there were uh, specific times but in terms of the Uber driver, they I think they have their own policies probably for people making deliveries. So it's probably a separate issue. When uh, Nice Tony, there was another caller before Nice Tony last week that really got the ball rolling. But my concern is, yeah, I feel for the Uber drivers. But what I really feel for are uh, people on base, soldiers who might have trouble getting an Uber driver. You know, those folks want to use Uber just like anybody else would. Right, and all these Uber drivers were saying, hey, "I'm thinking of taking Fort Bliss out of my route because they make you go through this process every time you go." Mm-hmm. All right, uh, update on the Krispy Kreme uh, emergency. Yeah, uh, Krispy Kreme donuts normally you can buy for almost eleven dollars 
and they're selling oh them God. for the national average for tank for a gallon of gas, which is four uh, thirty-four. You know, four thirty-four. Yep, four thirty-four. You get a dozen original glazed donuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're just limited to two dozen, though. You can't buy like thirty dozen. Oh. See, I'd buy all of them and then just open a pop-up store right next to And then to sell it. them for $10. A <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You got to buy them here. The Krispy Kreme sold out for some reason. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. In just a little over an hour, we're going to start giving out cash code keywords. So every time you hear a keyword, go ahead and enter it through the KLAQ mobile app. You could also enter the keywords at klaq.com. On the mobile app, look for the money bag icon. Go fund yourself to the tune of $10,000. Also, every day there's a $2,000 daily winner. So $2,000 daily winner Monday through Friday. And we give out cash code keywords every hour for 10 hours in a row so the first one's going to be at 8:15 the last one of the day is going to be around 5:15 p.m. and in the uh interim there's going to be a cash code keyword a new one every hour right around the half hour mark uh let's go over and check out our website which is klaq.com I uh, got a got a couple of Easter related uh, articles. This has got to be a Joanna. I could tell Joanna articles just by the title. Anything with hauntings or horror or <laughs> ghost, the macabre of some sense, yeah. or slasher or goths. You can a- tell it's me. El Paso needs a haunted Easter egg hunt. <laughs> yes, we do. What? Wh- do these exist? They do. They're starting to become very popular. Okay, tell me what, it, like, kind of how would it play out? So it's kind of like a haunted house. You'll see familiar favorites like Freddy Krueger, Jason, all the good stuff. But it's Easter, so you're hunting for eggs while being hunted down by <laughs> these, you know, nightmare icons. What? Do I dare ask what's inside the eggs? Are they like plastic eggs? Okay, so the one that I found is over in Canton, North Carolina, and they had a whole grand prize for whoever found the most eggs. So they would give out prizes for how much eggs you found. Which is hard to do when you're under pressure. Exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, it's Freddy Krueger wearing bunny ears. (laughs) All right, so we need a haunted Easter egg hunt. I, I had an idea for. Here. I thought Easter was haunted to begin with. Because of zombie Jesus. Because of zombie Jesus, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I've suggested everybody thinks it's a great idea, but nobody has the guts to go ahead with it. Okay. An adult themed Easter egg hunt, which would have to take place in New Mexico, where you get plastic eggs. And you fill them up with things adults would like. Like? Joints. <laughs> Edibles. Edibles. Okay. When you said adults only, I thought I you meant like sex, sex related. No, yeah. no, no, no. You could you could buy rabbits for everyone. A hundred bucks. <laughs> little bottles of liquor. Little, little, those little airline bottles of liquor. Sure. And then you just let a bunch of adults go out there and... Go at it. Relive... 
the fun of childhood, but with adult prizes. Oh, man. My egg just has a hundred bucks in it. <laughs> I, I wanted those edibles. I wanted those edibles. <laughs> That'd be a cool egg hunt. Let, let's uh, talk about Easter candy. So uh, for this article, which you can read at klaq.com, Easter candy's ranked by the morning show. I limited it to 10 uh, candies that are popular around Easter. So the uh, candies that I had uh, under consideration are jelly beans, Reese's peanut butter eggs, those little eggs that are wrapped in foil. You know, they're tiny, but Mm -hmm. they're each one wrapped in foil. Robin's eggs, uh, chocolate bunny, solid chocolate bunny, hollow Cadbury eggs. What are Robin's eggs? Well, they're made by Whoppers. They're made by the people who make Whoppers, so they're very Whopper-like, except they're shaped like an egg, and they got speckled, pastel-colored shells. It's like a Whopper, but in the shape of an egg. Okay, I might sound dumb. What's a Whopper? Those, like, malted... Is it chocolate? Oh, malted Yeah, the malted chocolate balls. They have, like, a crunchy cookie interior, kind of. Oh, Whoppers. I've never had Whoppers, buddy. What? (laughs) Definitely no Whoppers. Uh, I put Jordan Almonds on the list, Bunny Corn, and Peeps. (laughs) So this is controversial. My favorite are Cadbury eggs. Always loved them. Love them. Joanna put Cadbury eggs number 10 on her list. You know why I never liked them? The commercials always featured like a live bunny. Or a dog with bunny ear, like a basset hound with bunny ears. Bunnies don't make noises that I thought they made. Because isn't it like... Yes. Judge it on the on the eating experience alone. <laughs> okay, Joanna, gross. what do you have? You think Cadbury eggs are gross? They're sickeningly sweet. It's diabetes in an egg form. Oh, they are that sweet. Oh my God! There's a full blown f bomb in this post. Oh yeah. I'm reading it. I do that sometimes to see if whoever's posting my articles reads them all the way through. I do, but I just do it anyways. I, I just did. I would rather risk cracking a tooth biting into a Jordan almond than eat a Cadbury egg. <laughs> Wait, do you mean the cream eggs? The Cadbury cream eggs. The, okay, so... The eggs that look like actual eggs. The but inside the, is white, but they also have, like, yellow that's supposed to be the, the, the yolk. yolk. Ew. They make... Uh, that's great. I mean, it's pure sugar, it's but it's just awesome. It's just sugar. It's a treat every time you break, you bite inside of one. Like, I hate jelly beans. But I probably hate Cadbury eggs more. So I put Cadbury eggs as my number one favorite Easter candy. Joanna you like put that it, white goop that comes up? Yep, <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> and apparently millions of other people do as well. So right. Cadbury eggs gets the number one position for me. It, Let me g- take a look. Yeah, it, Joanna puts it at number 10, which is the lowest possible you could go. I wish I had done that now because I hadn't seen the inside and, of the Cadbury egg, and now it's even grosser. Do you not celebrate Easter? Did you guys not get candy in an Easter basket when yes, you were a kid? We would stick with like Reese's and Snickers and Let me right, see what Snickers. let me see what Nico picked out as his number one. Jelly beans. Jelly Honestly. beans. Honestly. Yeah. Jelly beans? You can call me Ronald Reagan because I love me some je- jelly beans. Uh where did Joanna put jelly? Jelly beans number nine. Number for nine. Me. And I put him at number seven. So what I wrote about jelly beans on my list is at number seven, it's a real demarcation. 
Jelly beans are the last candy that I don't actively despise. Everything below <laughs> this, like, I hate. But jelly beans, yeah, if somebody offers me jelly beans, I'll have a couple. Would I go out of my way to get jelly beans? Absolutely not. Would I ever pay for jelly beans? Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah, the cherry one's real good. Any of the red run, red ones. Yeah. And I even like the weird Betty Bots uh, messed up ones, too, that taste like birdie grass. Bots. Betty Bops. No. Betty, Betty Boops? They're Birdie Bots, and it's a reference to the birdie, Harry po- Potter movie franchise. It's mostly to the book franchise, I think. Yeah. Then, so if you know this, how do you not, not know what they're called? How do you not know Whoppers? I said bo- How do you not know, really, Whoppers? How have you never seen the inside of a Cadbury egg? Eh. I just saw it right now. Gross. I put number two as chocolate bunny solid. And Joanna Joanna ranked the hollow chocolate bunny ahead of the solid chocolate bunny. Explain the thought process there to me. That's so sweet. Also, have you ever been into the solid ones? That's the reason I did that, too. It's not enjoyable at all. I did the same thing. Well, you put you put the hollow bunny at four, but you put the solid bunny at five. Yeah, so because, you like I mean, the solid bunny, okay? That's well. better than Jordan Allman's. Like, right. And yeah, so I think what Joanna did is what I did similarly. It's too it's too hard to bite into a solid chocolate bunny, but when you have the hollow one, it's easy to uh, break apart. And you eat. know how you said those tiny chocolate eggs buzz were like too much work? Yes. The solid chocolate bunny is too much work for me. You're like gnawing an ear off all day. Exactly. Yeah, you don't eat it all at once. I mean, you can, that can last for a day or two. Oh, gross. And you chisel out like a piece of the bunny tail or something. Oh, I always eat the butt first. Whether it's a chocolate, whether it's a, whether it's solid or hollow, that bunny's butt is going first. Please isolate that, Joanna. Hell yeah. I think that's probably what most people, no, probably most people eat the the ears, but I go for the you, you go, go for ears? the ears. I can't yeah. believe you go for the butt, butt. first. Yeah, that I'm butt. a butt guy. What can I say? <laughs> um, what did I put? So number one, number two is solid chocolate bunny. Number three was hollow chocolate bunny. Robin's eggs, I put those at number four. I think I really like the attention to detail that they speckle them. Just right? like, have you they ever seen an actual speckled. Robin's egg? It's speckled, and they do that look with the Robin's Robin egg. eggs, Nico. I, no. Looks just like the candy. I don't often go see Robin's eggs. Number five, I put tiny chocolate <laughs> eggs wrapped in foil. They're great, but it seems like a lot. It's very time-consuming, labor-intensive to have to unwrap each little individual. I like when the tiny chocolate, chocolate eggs are like the crunch kind. Yeah, that's a nice Delicious. surprise. Where did you put tiny chocolate eggs wrapped in foil? For me, I think number two. Wow. Yeah. Number six, I put... Reese's peanut butter eggs. I'd put them higher because I like Reese's peanut butter cups. I like the mini cups. I like Reese's pieces. Just something about the egg form that I don't like. <laughs> you don't like the egg shape it's in? No, I don't like the big lump of peanut butter because I've changed too many diapers in my life. There's just <laughs> something about a big turd of peanut butter. All of these chocolates are turds. Where did you put, uh, you put at number one, right? Who put Reese's put peanut butter eggs? I put number egg? one, Reese's peanut butter eggs. Nico, do you remember where you put? Um, Yeah, up there. Five. Y- yeah, you put it at number five as well. 
I put it at number six. Number eight, Jordan almonds. So I had to explain to Nico what these were. These are almonds. There's nothing wrong with it. They got a candy coating. They got a little bit of chocolate. For some reason, they make them as hard as vibranium. Extra hard. I don't know why you could easily crack a tooth on a Jordan yeah. almond. Especially if you go in thinking, oh, it's similar to a peanut M&M. Wrong. Peanut M&M just immediately starts dissolving a Jordan almond. What is a Jordan almond covered in? Like adamantium, whatever the Wolverine <laughs> right? skeleton is made out of. It's so hard to bite through it's it. It's like trying to crack a walnut with your just using your teeth. That's why dentists have them at all their offices. So number eight, Jordan almonds. <laughs> number nine, bunny corn. What? Bunny corn. When I had to see this, I was like, wait, wait, is this just candy corn? Yeah, it's candy corn, but it's colored for colored. Ugh. Hell yeah. Candy corn's the worst Halloween treat to begin candy with. Candy corn sucks. It sucks at Halloween. You? It sucks if it's pink and blue. Candy corn sucks. Where did you put bunny corn, Joanna? Number seven. Okay, so it wasn't high. It didn't make your top five. No, but it's still okay. And I guess we need to talk about peeps a little bit, right? Eh? I, I put peeps. peeps at number 10. Where did you put peeps? Me? Yeah. I forgot. High or low? Hi. God, number Hi. two. Yeah. Number two? Nico's list goes number one, jelly beans, number two, peeps. Defend peeps. I love second. me some peeps. What can I say? How? I, I love marshmallow. All right. Any marshmallow is delicious. And when it's in the shape of a little duck, uh, they're delicious. Um, also, I, you know, let's talk about the marshmallow aspect for a second. Like if there's a bunny, a chocolate covered bunny and it's marshmallow inside, yeah, one or two a year, that's fine. I don't like them more than that. I, I like the little just... yellow cr- crystals that they put to color it. I like the way it scrapes my tongue. Ugh. Is that weird? It's a, yeah. It's like an abrasive. Yeah, weirdo. Yeah. They remind me of something you would scour a, a frying pan yeah. with. It's and basically you... steel wool. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, you put peeps at number eight. So yeah. you put peeps ahead of jelly beans and Cadbury eggs. Yeah, I would still rather eat a peep, which is gross, than a, than Cadbury, a Cadbury egg, egg how or could, jelly how beans. How could you guys not like peeps? They like are classic. Fare. They're so sweet. It's, okay, I'm it's, noticing it's like an interesting pattern. Sugar. Yes, that is very true. It's super sugary. Also, if you put like a bunch of them in your mouth, they just dissolve. I've never tried to fit they, them. They they all taste expired. I've never had a peep that didn't taste. Like it had been on the shelf, like a freshly made peep. Yeah, I've never ta- tasted what I <laughs> right thought was a the freshly factory. made peep. Uh, what else do I? Their faces look so sad. Like the you know they're little chicks, right? Mm-hmm. Look at their faces. It's like they know how bad they suck. I like to eat their faces slowly. Okay. Oh, uh, except I don't like the east the the bunny shaped peeps. Why? What's wrong with the bunny-shaped one? Nothing. I just like the form factor of the duck better. You have to admit that it's a chick. chick. I don't think it's a duck. (laughs) I always thought it was a duck, like a rubber duck. Boy, you are a real numbskull when it comes to your to your Easter candy. Okay, so to review my list, number one, Cadbury eggs. I love Cadbury eggs. White goop with the yellow yolk. Think about that. That's so cool. It's like the white spills out, and then you're like, oh, it has a yolk. I don't want my chocolate spilling any type of yolk. No, it's gross. I got uh, Cadbury eggs, number one. I got Peeps, 
Number 10. I would have ranked him lower if it had gone any lower. <laughs> so um, you can read the full list. You could even uh, send us back your list. How would you rank these 10 candies? Would anybody put Peeps higher than Nico at number two? Joanna, agree. It's the texture, too. There's just something oh, yeah. about the texture. It's like they're too chewy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're rubbery, chewy. They've got that mm-hmm. abrasive sugar. They're just hateful. Mouth is watering. Peeps, honestly. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos at Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media or visit PumpingInkTattoo.com. I've got a uh, few neckline calls standing by. Joanna, if memory serves, mm-hmm. I think a couple of the calls have questions about uh, Go Fund Yourself. So I'm going to defer to you as the uh, Go Fund Yourself expert. We're going to okay. have the first <laughs> cash code keyword to Go Fund Yourself coming up in less than an hour, around 8.15 this morning. You're going to get your first cash code keyword. It seems pretty simple to me, but I've never played. So right. you go, you, you hear the cash code keyword, and then you enter it on the KLAQ mobile app. There's a money bag icon on there. That's the GoFundYourself link. So link to that. I, and I guess uh, make sure that you're logged in on the mobile app. Also, we had a $10,000 winner yesterday in a home improvement giveaway that we did with GECU. Make sure you give an actual phone number. Like, I know whenever I fill out anything and it asks for a phone number, I just give the fakest phone number I can think of because I don't want to give out my phone number. But in this case, we do, we call you back. So. Yeah, you need to. Right. In we've got to call you back. So give a, give a good phone number. On all, I guess on all of these kind con, uh, contests that we have going on. But we'll get to uh, some neckline calls here in just a couple of minutes. Heisman Trophy winner Cam Newton and Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton made some controversial statements. Um, In fact, one of these headlines here says, Cam Newton degrading comments about women. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. I'll let you decide if it's degrading. I figure it's just a guy giving his opinion, you know? You would say that. Well, <laughs> yeah, they could uh, they could they could be taken uh, a certain way. I'm sure. Cam Newton was on the Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast on, I believe, Barstool, and he talked about uh, women and what a woman is to him. So here are the controversial comments, Joanna. I'll uh-huh. let you have first crack it. Telling me what you think of this. Okay. <gasps> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, that's. What if I told you there were probably there are probably there's a lot of people mm, who probably agree with. Yeah, that. there are probably, and a lot of them are probably women. There's probably a lot of women who are like, yeah, I'm old fashioned, or you know, that's like an old fashioned attitude. You don't know how to cook. <laughs> you don't know when to shut up. <laughs> that's basically what he said. I don't know though, and but you if did you cook for me and sh- know when to shut up. That's called a slave. Cam Newton, you ain't hot enough to be saying things like that. Oh, shots. You don't think Cam Newton's a handsome dude? He's not that handsome. 
okay. to be saying things like that. His millionaire, he signed a $4.5 million guaranteed, guaranteed contract sh- to come back to the Panthers. I'm sure the woman he gets will know how to cook and when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you're making $4.5 million, can't you hire somebody to do the cooking just to keep peace in the house? But I think he's saying he wants his woman to cook. And he's talking about all the songs that are, like, empowering the ones by, you know, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. The ones where they talk about them being bosses and, you know, uh, the king of their world or the queens of their own world. And he's basically saying, like, nah. <laughs> you're, you're not. He's like, I'm so, the king. So a woman could say, I want a man who's going to t- treat me like a queen and no feathers are going to get ruffled. But if Cam Newton says... In effect, or anybody says, I want a woman who's going to treat me like I'm the king, then everybody's got a problem with that. No, I think a lot of people also had a problem when women said, I want to be treated like the queen. Look at all the backlash Cardi B got when WAP came out. Yeah, seriously. I think... Yeah, but anybody who said they, they disagreed with Cardi B's sentiment in WAP got trolled pretty hard for being... You know, a Ben Shapiro or a Tucker, you know. Buzz Adams. Like, people stood up for for that sentiment from Cardi B. Uh-huh. And I I'm bet- sure there's a lot of people that are going to stand up for Cam Newton's He literally sentiment. told women to shut up. Like, how could you How could you even give him an excuse for this? <laughs> and I'll no, give it to Buzz. He didn't say That's- shut up. He said no one to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to Buzz. That's his opinion. And it's... it's- Sounds like a douchey opinion. Yeah. That's Cam Newton's but opinion. But that's his me. opinion. Yeah, that's right. And the woman that he's going to find or fall in love with, I'm Better sure. that she would know that going in, yeah. right? Yeah, I guess. So Cam played several seasons out of college uh, for Carolina. He did one year with the, the Patriots in 2020, and then he signed back with Carolina in November of last year. But... Look, if that's the way he feels, he ought to say it. That way a woman knows, hey, you're getting into a pretty, you know, a guy who has a pretty old school mentality. And there are some women who think that's okay. And I would just say if if that's the kind of relationship a woman wants, that's her business. To each if their that's, own. Right, if that's the kind of relationship with a woman that Cam Newton wants, he's entitled to that. Just shut up. <laughs> So uh, this is a call back to 2017 where a, a reporter was asking him a question about some of the routes, but it happened to be a female reporter. Uh-oh. And this is how Cam handled it back in October of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a douche. Okay, so then he just has a problem with, like... No, I'll tell you what I think was... I, I, like, I'm... I can't see the other side of the camera, so uh-huh. but I bet you this was a this was a hot reporter, and this was his way of like kind of flirting with her or negging. I think Cam Newton's like oh, it's funny to hear a chick talk about. <laughs> Either way, it sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds awful. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> women talking about routes. routes. Can you believe women can talk about routes? <laughs> I mean, that's a legit question. Is it? If he if she'd asked. Oh, who do you think the cutest cheerleader? Oh, yeah, yeah. her been, question yeah, was legit. Her, question, yeah. was, like, you know, her qu- question was legit. That's the kind of question that you would expect to get from 
from a male. And he probably expected to get a question like that from her. Like, oh, who do you think is no, the funniest no, no. on he the knows. team? He, listen, Cam has played at the highest level for long enough to know that there are female sports Does journalists. Does he? Because he sounds a little surprised. Oh, he's my a, God. Sounds a little surprised there. He'd already been in the league for like five years at that point. Buzz, you might as well tell women to just shut up right now. I don't. I didn't say that he I agree. can't even tell his girlfriend to shut I up. Did not, <laughs> I, I did not say that I agree with the sentiment expressed by Cam Newton. I'm just saying he's entitled to it, right? Sure. sure. Of course. It's not. Or, women talking about sports. <laughs> <laughs> or would you say this is a hate crime to say... Women need to know how to cook. What team is he on again? The Panthers. Oh, okay. is going to boycott. <laughs> you know, because I'm a millionaire and oh, I need man. somebody to cater to me. John in the app chat is a little mad. At? Us. <laughs> Wait, how could he be mad at all of us? Um, so he messaged us saying, you're taking the whole Cam Newton situation out of context. He also ragged on men as well on the same podcast. People are blowing it for no reason. He ragged on men about how they should be treating women as well. Please review the whole podcast before you talk about it. Well, I am a Carolina Panther fan, by the way. Yeah. I mean, does that change it? Say Cam Newton said, hey, men need to treat. I, that doesn't surprise me that he said that. John continues. And by the saying, way, I don't have to listen. I don't have time to listen to every podcast that I'm going to comment. <laughs> I was just picking out the thing that people were objecting to. So John continues by saying, Again, when Cam Newton was talking about routes, again, you're taking it out of context. Most women don't know the depth of some sports, and he was just (laughs) as shocked or surprised that she knew as much as she did. Somebody who's a professional sports journalist actually knows about the sport they're covering. Who would have thought a woman could ever figure that out? That's the point of why what he said is so (laughs) So, misogynistic, because he's going, women, This wasn't like a random... This wasn't like a random woman they let walk in off the street. This was like a Somebody covering the sport. Right. Media outlet. <laughs> you got boobs. You know about routes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, at least one neckline caller, a couple here, if we get a chance to. You can leave messages cool. for the morning show. Toll free neckline number is 844 805 NECK. That's 844 805 6325 to leave a neckline message. Hi, I'm a Gidoki man, and I'm a dumbass. Stop playing that dude, man. He's irritating. Oh, my God. I suspect that that is not really okie-dokie guy. I don't think that's Because he called guy. himself okie-dokie man. It's obviously okie-dokie guy. Get it right. If you're going to impersonate him, get it right. Hey, but, hey Mushu, I uh, just wanted to weigh in on a conversation you all were having last week about movies that traumatize you and not necessarily horror movies. Uh, one that really got to me was back in 1984, we saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters. And uh, I was only about 10 years old. Uh, got to actually see it in the theaters. So we were talking, I think we got this started on the After Buzz, and it kind of leaked over to the main show. Mm-hmm. What, what's a movie that wasn't necessarily like a slasher movie or something really horrifying, but it traumatized you nonetheless? So he's saying uh, Return of the Jedi. Interesting. And I was horrified at the scene where Jabba the Hutt drops Luke into the Rancor pit. Yeah. And if you notice, there's a, it's really like he dropped him in a pit because Luke pulled a gun on him. And there's a Gamorrean guard who was trying to disarm Luke, and he actually falls in the pit with him. And he, that Gamorrean guard knows what's about to happen to him. He sees the Rancor coming out, and he's terrified. He's squealing like a pig. And then 
when when he realizes that the Met Rankers gonna get him, he just like leans back, puts his hands up, and accepts his fate. You know, kind of shows his his, his belly like a submissive puppy, and then the Ranker picks him up and bites his head off. It's horrible. And then the camera cuts away and it shows everybody laughing at the Gamorrean guard getting eaten. These are all his friends. That dude just showed up to work that morning trying, trying to earn money for his family, his little Gamorrean <laughs> wife and his Gamorrean baby, and he wound up getting eaten. All for trying to protect Jabba. I love his enthusiasm. I never thought of it from that angle. Like the guard falls in and everybody just laughs when he gets eaten. It's like, that's Gary, guys. We work with Gary. What's wrong with you? It sucks. And then when the camera goes back to the ranker, you see the ranker slurping up his arm like a big fat green noodle. Oh my God! Don't even get me started on the scene later on, where the Ewoks are fighting in the Battle of Endor, and one of them gets shot, and then his—I uh, guess it's either his wife or, his, or the husband of Ewok—goes and tries to wake him up, and they realize that they're dead, and they just—they just kneel down next to him and start crying. Return <laughs> oh, of the Jedi it just messed me up. All right, sorry for the long call. Love you, Michelle. Bye. <laughs> what? <laughs> that guy had a lot of complicated that, that emotions. Just, no, I but it's beautiful. He He's like right. Took us through it. It was really a those great Ewoks. Remember, he was ten years old. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard the Star Wars fan theory that the Ewoks ate the stormtroopers? What? No, I had never heard that because, like, what's going to happen to all those dead bodies or the? Well. There's, there's more to it than that. So in Return of the Jedi, same movie that the caller was talking about, they're about to cook Han and Chewbacca. Oh, and yeah. All, like they're over a spit. They're, yeah, they've got them trust, trust up, or is that what it's called? You know, yeah, Like sure. they're going to cook them over an open fire. They're obviously going to eat them before <laughs> C-3PO convinces him that, he, he's, that a god. he's a god and commands them to... But they're clearly going to eat these people. Then at the end, you see... The stormtroopers' helmets are being used as drums. Oh yeah, <laughs> they don't have bloody heads inside them. Yeah, what happened? Where, what happened to the stormtroopers? We've already established that the Ewoks are cannibals. I mean, I don't know if it counts as a cannibal if you're eating a different species, but they were ready to eat humans. Should we just make the assumption that the cannibals made a nice celebratory banquet out of all of the <laughs> all of the dead stormtroopers? Also, what did the smell of Anakin's burning body do to him? It probably uh, was like, man, if I weren't so stuffed on stormtroopers, I could totally go for some Vader. For <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoos at Dyer and Monroe. Check them out on social media or visit PumpingInkTattoo.com. I'm going to get back to the uh, neckline. We've had a lot today. We had a, we had quite a few calls off the neckline. I appreciate it. Cool. Joanna, mm -hmm. can you answer this question? Sure. Is Britney Spears pregnant or is she not pregnant? I guess she is. A lot of media places are already confirming she's pregnant. What, what was so confusing about it? Because she mentioned like that she had a food baby. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, hey, is that a bump? And she said, oh, it's a food baby. But then she started Those don't talking last nine about months, it. Though. Right. Most recently, she was modeling different clothes, like maternity wear, I guess. So Brittany's 40, and her boyfriend slash manager is in his 20s. He's in his 20s? Well, he's in his 20s, yeah. He's a good-looking man. 
Like objectively. Um, Scientifically. Part of the free Britney deal, like Britney had said, hey, they're controlling whether or not I can have kids. Like they control they're forcing her to be on birth, birth control. control. That yeah. was uh, a big part of it. So, Johanna, you're going with all indications look like Britney is officially pregnant. Yes, which mm. is exciting because Rihanna is also pregnant. Hey, uh, congratulations <laughs> to Art Rivera, who we got a hold of yesterday. He was the name that was drawn to win the $10,000 Improve Your Home give- giveaway. So we finally got to talk to Art. He, Not a prank. He thought it was a prank. I think he still might think it's kind of a prank. But <laughs> this was the uh, $10,000 Improve Your Home giveaway that we did with GECU and our Town Square Media family of stations. Thank you. We had hundreds of people who entered uh it was a random drawing, but Arts was a good story. He tried a DIY to make his, a spa shower for his wife. His wife uh-huh. wanted a spa shower, and he said it ended up being more of a cave that kind of functioned as a shower as well. I would really love to see more pictures of that cave shower. But he says he's going to definitely put the $10,000 uh, to good use. From all of the eligible entries, Arturo was the one selected via random drawing and won the grand prize of $10,000 courtesy of 95.5 KLAQ and the rest of our Town Square media stations. And a special, special thank you to GECU. All right, let's get back to the uh, neckline calls. Let's see where we left off. Hello, I had a question about the um, the winning the money. Uh, I've never heard it said, but I, I just assume so. I haven't been doing it. Is it available to people who live in New Mexico? Because you know, in Alamogordo, we get the station. In Las Cruces, we get the station. I just didn't. I thought it was only available to Texas residents, so I haven't been entering. So I just wanted to ask since you guys are clarifying. Thanks. Have a great day. Love the show. Happy to clarify because we have another cash code keyword coming up in about 30 minutes. Joanna, our listeners in New Mexico. Yes, they are allowed to also participate in this. I I, I was a hun- close to 100% sure that's the case because if it's only for Texas residents, usually there's some kind of disclaimer that says, you know, you must be a Texas resident mm-hmm. since we're not saying on this one. If you're listening in Alamogordo, if you're listening in Silver City mm-hmm. or Las Cruces, uh, wherever you're listening, you're eligible to win with the cash code keywords. Uh, just listen for those keywords. We're going to have the first one of the day coming up in just about 30 minutes, so a quarter past every hour. Every keyword means you can get another entry in. The more entries, the more you're going to win in a random drawing. And we're talking about $10,000 here. We just had a $10,000 uh, winner with the other contest art yesterday. So people are winning money left and right. Also, every day there's a daily $2,000 winner, so you could get in on that too. Just collect the keywords, enter them at klaq.com or on the KLAQ mobile app. Where in the world is the go fund yourself on the apps? I can't find it anywhere. Thank you. Uh, Joanna, you want to take that one? <laughs> sure. Uh, right when you open the app, it should have like a little tab, a little icon of a money bag that says go fund yourself. Click on that. Make sure you're already signed in, logged in, registered, whatever. And then you can just scroll uh, on down. I see where there might. Go ahead. I see where there might be some confusion. Let me get my glasses on. Okay. 
there's more than one money bag there, but they say what they're for. Like we had a money bag for the home improvement. There's a money bag for million dollar bracket. That's over. Oh, and then the home improvement one. Yeah, I and see. there's a money bag, but it says go fund yourself. But this one says go fund yourself. Click on it. It'll load up. Scroll on down, and then it'll start to say uh, 17 days remaining, blah, blah, blah. Scroll on down and just start putting in code one, code two, code three. We're going to give away code one at about a quarter past the next hour. Uh, make sure you're logged in. You know, I think it'll let you know that you need to be logged in. But right. you got to log in on the mobile app. Also, give us a, an actual number. And believe me, I totally get given fake phone numbers whenever people <laughs> ask you for your phone number. But in this case, you know, we need to call you if you're one of our money winners, especially if you're one of our big money winners. So give us an actual phone number that, that'll reach you. Which is what scared me yesterday right. when we tried to call our home improvement winner. Yeah. I thought we did not have the right number. Hey, morning show. Um, I have a little suggestion because uh, to me, I always find them funny. But mm -hmm. what you guys should do, if it's possible, you should get like all the songs that Duke sings, and you should put them like on uh, like a Spotify playlist. Like just get all those recordings and just make like a giant playlist on Spotify because I freaking love them. I mean, I freaking <laughs> love them. They always crack me up. I always get a good laugh with them. And as a matter of fact, there's a couple of them that I've recorded on my phone, and we play them at my house. My brothers and I will sing along to it. So <laughs> that's just an idea that you might want to look into, guys, because I, I really love them. They're funny, and I, I'm not going to lie. I sing along to them. So take that into, put that up the corporate ladder and see what happens. All right? Love the show, guys. Bye. These are the uh, Duke tunes. That Duke that's what you call does, them? I'm starting to call them that, right? Nice, yeah. What do you think about that, Nico? I, yeah, I think a it's Spotify amazing. Spotify playlist. I, this is the thing. It's hard to communicate to you because you you don't get it. Like you would, if I had brought this up to you, you'd be like, "Who wants to listen?" You would say, "Who wants to listen to all these old Duke songs?" And I would have to find this guy and be like, "It's him, it's him, and other people like and him." His brothers, apparently. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that you ha that are fans of yours and that are fan of Dukes, and I think we should get all of that content, all the old stuff. Uh, let's put it up there somewhere. Now, to put something on Spotify, here's the thing. For a lot of these songs, I, I, did, I did one of two things. Either I found a karaoke version or I ran the actual song through a vocal eliminator program. It takes the vocals out. Mm -hmm. Can we put that up on Spotify? I have no idea. That I have no See, idea. That's where it gets tricky. If somebody can find that, that well, out for us. So people understand that the radio station, the, the Q has a license to play any of that music on air. Right, so if mm -hmm. I want to go grab a karaoke bed, I pretty much grab it anywhere I want to because right. we have a license for that. We don't have a license to, to play, play other places. And I'm not sure how that covers, you know, yeah, there's, there's, a, you know, there's an exception for parody and satire, but I'm also using a music bed. And I don't know about the, you know, again, that's going to go to the lawyers, and our lawyers work this way. You ask them something, and they say no. Uh, better know? better just not yeah, to. Yeah, better to err on the side of caution. We're not going to do it. If I could figure out any way to put up a Duke, uh, a Duke Tune Spotify list, I would be more than happy. Well, I wouldn't know how to do it. Nico would have to do it. <laughs> so I was thinking, what song do you think he's talking about that Duke sings? Oh, good uh, question. A lot. You do save a bunch of those. Well, some of them are evergreens. You can play them every yeah. year. 
Durangito. Oh, taco, uh, Durangito Taco t- uh, Tuesday. Taco Tuesday I played yesterday, but yeah. you know what else I played yesterday? Speaking of sing-alongs, Gilbert Gottfried was one of the celebrities who did Dominic the Donkey. Gilbert was in town around the holidays. What would you say, Nico, two, three years ago? 2018. 2018, so yep. it's been a while. About four, four years. Four years since Nico got to open for the late Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert, Gilbert uh, passed away yesterday, mm-hmm. 67, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to play the uh, Gilbert Godfrey version of Dominic the Donkey. Mm-hmm. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. A few stories out of the El Paso Times today. Uh, top headline in front page says, Governor Abbott's border policy stalls trade. Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered enhanced state inspections of uh, vehicles, commercial trucks coming across the border. And the story here in the El Paso Times says that that has led to a domino effect of disruptions to the supply chain and manufacturing. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit the uh, Texas economy. Last week, the Texas Department of Public Safety began inspecting nearly every commercial vehicle that crossed the U.S. border after it cleared federal customs. So I guess it's going through like the federal inspection and then Texas is doing its own check, which is slowing things down even more. Business leaders say the wait times are jeopardizing delivery of auto parts, shipment of consumer goods, and that this is going to have a, uh, a domino effect on the supply chain at large. You know I'm bringing this all up in news next. All right. <laughs> you got anything about Ukrainian refugees? Uh, no, just uh, bodies found in Buka. Well, the story says Ukra- Ukrainian refugees are amassing, are amassing in Tijuana. It doesn't say anything about across uh, the border in Juarez. I mean, that's kind of... How did they of, get there? Um, by boat? By plane? By, you know, however they could get... I, I imagine however they could get there, yeah, it'd have to be boat or plane. Automobile you know, you could, or train? If, no, probably not from uh, Ukraine. If you were able to get to someplace like Poland... Right, you know, yeah. You'd catch a flight. You know, yeah, these, are, these are refugees... They kind of seem to be the definition of humanitarian uh, asylum claims. Hey, why do you want to come to the United States? Well, they're bombing my country. That seems like you have a pretty good case when you present yourself at the border but for you, an asylum claim. Do you remember when that was happening in Syria around 2016? And then we were getting refugees and people were like, we don't want these refugees are you saying like people who didn't want Syrian refugees are, are fine with Ukrainian? Are, are they though? I think much more. Yeah, because these refugees are lighter in skin, skin tone. Color, I think so. Yeah, because then you, you know, then you the, had people of the saying, Christian faith. Yeah, largely. Although a lot, of Sy- saying, a lot of Syrians, are we Christian. don't know what terrorists were letting in with these Ukrainians. We don't know if there's a terrorist hiding amongst them. But people were saying that about Syrian refugees. How about the Afghanistan refugees? And like Afghanistan even, refugees. even the ones who had served as translators and allies, or I guess the Taliban would call them collaborators, but even some of them are like, hold on now. Do why I really we, know why them? Do we, why do we want to let these people in the country? And you're thinking some of these same people would be going easier on Yeah, come on, Ukrainians. Ukrainians. Let's go. We need to help them. Good God-fearing white people. 
Some of them are blonde and hot. <laughs> I watched 90 Day Fiance. Okay. You, know yeah. that. you want to talk about Gilbert Gottfried? What was it like uh, getting to know him and opening, uh, doing comedy opening for Gilbert Gottfried? Okay. So, first, I not only got to open for him, but I got to drive him around the city all you day. You were like his assistant. While he was there. sure, whatever. I was his. I was his ride to hang out. And, and yes, did you know Gilbert had young children? I like Gilbert did, got yeah. married he late in just life. Let me know. I think mm-hmm. he's he's got a twelve year old son and a fourteen year old daughter. So, and I remember talking to him about them last time. They were much younger, ten and and eight, I think. And uh, he was very quiet and reserved uh, in person. But he would make some, you know, we'd joke here and there. But you could kind of tell he, you know, was a solemn type of person. Um, he was very weak, always very, very frail, very frail. And I didn't mean, yeah, I mean weak in the sense that like his, his body seemed like it was very slow to move and, and to just get on stage, I would have to, he would grab my arm and to steady himself. Gilbert was 67 through the years when he's been here. He's always, he always seemed like an older man. Mm -hmm. You know, he seemed kind of elderly, even back in his forties. People in the comments are saying they thought he was 70 or 80. It's like, no, he's, he's close to 70. <laughs> but do you remember the show where he, he literally had to use me as his balance to balance? And then I had to help him up the, yeah. the steps, just three steps. It was a great show. It I was, laughed so hard. That was probably the show that I, that, yeah, that you've laughed the hardest at. <laughs> was Gilbert. Yeah. Of all people, right? Right. Do you want to hear Gilbert talking about getting fired by Aflac? I'd love to. Joanna, do you know the backstory on this? No, I don't. Japanese this is kind of tsunami, uh, 2010, I think, mm-hmm. when the tsunami hit Japan. Okay. He started making jokes. But also, this was before canceling was a normal thing. Um, it wasn't unheard of. That yeah. might not have been the word. Like you might not. There wasn't it. called cancel well, culture yet. Yeah. He got fired by Affleck. You know, just to be clear, I don't know of any. You know, tour dates that got canceled or any, you know, TV appearances other than he got fired from Aflac because he was the voice of the duck. Uh, so here's Gilbert talking about being fired by Aflac. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Did Joy Behar just call Gilbert Gilly? Gilly. Yeah. Gilly. Did you hear anybody ever called I've never Gilbert heard him Gilly? Gilly? But I've also, never... I don't know who his like, really good friends are. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, the past couple months, had posted a picture of some really amazing comics. And he posted it after Norm MacDonald died and after Bob Saget died. And the picture is Bob Saget, Gilbert Gottfried. Mm. Louis, wasn't it Louis? No. It was, the picture yeah, it was I saw Louis was him, Anderson. was Louis no, Anderson. No, no I'm t- the one I'm talking about had Bob Saget, Norm MacDonald, Gilbert Gottfried, and Jeff oh, Ross. Oh, Jeff Ross. Yeah, and yeah. I saw the comments Jesus were like Christ. Jeff, Jeff check, Ross. Check no himself. kidding. And uh, but after everybody after Bob Saget's death, Gilbert Gottfried posted it, and he said, "I just love this moment." And he said that Bob would probably be making inappropriate jokes about his own death right now. And uh, I don't know. It just kind of really epitomizes the closeness that comics have when you can just joke with anybody about anything. Here is uh, Gilbert riffing on Callista Flockhart back in two thousand seven. <laughs> Oh my God. Gilbert uh, was 67 years old. He died of a form of muscular dystrophy. Well, that would explain, I guess, some of the 
oh, it the frailness and everything else. N- not just that, uh, myotonic type 2, it's probably one of the rarer forms of, of the disease. Um, and they were saying that he was suffering from ventricular tachycardia, a type of heart condition, heart condition. that makes your heart go you know, excessively fast. Um, so now, now putting it to perspective, yeah, because didn't we say, God, there, he must, there must be something with him, right? He, like his, he must have a terrible back condition. I, I just didn't know why I had to help him up on stage every night, and now I know. Despite uh, decades of comedy work, Gilbert is probably going to be remembered for playing birds. First a of all, duck Iago and a the, parrot. <laughs> a, a duck and a parrot. Iago the parrot in Aladdin, and the duck. In the Aflac commercials. Um, let me just tell you a little more about Gilbert. Did you know Gilbert wrote for National Lampoon Magazine back when it was a magazine? No, I didn't know. Gilbert is uh, survived by his wife, Dara, and their kids, 14-year-old Kara and 12-year-old Max. So Gilbert didn't have his kids till he was already well, mm-hmm, well into his uh, 50s. Some of the tributes coming in from fellow comics, John Stewart said about Gilbert Gottfried, he could leave you gasping for breath, just indescribably, unusually hilarious. Conan O'Brien said, so sorry to lose this sweet and delightfully funny man. Now Franken said, fearless and hilarious, a truly lovely man loved by all in comedy. Some of his other movie appearances included Problem Child, Beverly Hills Cop 2, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. He also did voice work on cartoons like Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Can I tell you a little endearing anecdote uh, when he was at the comic strip that really shows you, like, uh, he's a comic from a different time? Yeah. Uh, he was selling merchandise and he was selling DVDs of all of his old specials mm-hmm. and he had his boxes and he was saying can you help me put them up here and can you help me do this and people would come up and say can i pay can i venmo you you know what the hell is venmo, what is venmo? and so he would uh, he, it's nine dollars <laughs> give me a ten <laughs> so he had no idea what venmo he was he had to have the feature barry laminac he said do you mind do you mind taking the order and then uh, give me the... He said he'd give him the cash later, or I don't know how they worked it out, but I guess the feature used his Venmo. And uh, it was very, it was a cute story to see him like that. All right. Uh, four years ago, Gilbert was in here. It was around the holidays, and we right thought it would be yep. really great if we got Gilbert uh, to sing along with Dominic the Donkey. So I believe we have that cherished memory queued up Uh in honor of the late Gilbert Godfrey. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. And here is Nico Ajimian with today's news. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. Mexican trucker blockade at El Paso ports of entry stretches into its second day. Blockades continued in Juarez, preventing commercial trucks from crossing into El Paso. Trucks trying to enter Mexico from El Paso are also affected at the Isleta Bridge. The protests are part of a border-wide response to Governor Greg Abbott's call for enhanced safety inspections. Governor Abbott called for the enhanced inspections in response to the Biden administration's decision to end pandemic-related restrictions at the border. And a Texas Agricultural Commissioner, Sid Miller, called on Governor Greg Abbott to end the enhanced safety inspections of commercial trucks at the border. 
Miller called it a catastrophic policy, which has now led to Mexican truckers blockading the border. Miller says the smart way to go would be for Texas to shift its resource to fight the lifting of Title 42. Abbott ordered Texas Department of Public Safety officers to conduct these inspections as they cross international points of entry into Texas. I I think he's probably going to end this within a day or two just because of outcry from, you know, the private sector. Uh, It's it's unsustainable. Um, Supposedly it was taking up to 45 minutes per truck. 45 minutes to check every truck. And they were, according to the El Paso Times, they were checking almost every commercial truck that had already been through the federal checkpoints. These were like Texas Department of Public Safety that were doing a secondary search. Texas Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, Texas Troopers on almost every truck. But Abbott will be able to point at that and say, I virtually shut down the border to make our state safer. But I, I, can't, exp- I can't imagine that he's going to keep it up for the rest of the week even. No, businesses are already starting yeah. to lose out, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost the taxpayer a lot more money. Well, a Democratic— So it's a stunt. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is basically I mean, a stunt. it's definitely a stunt. It's election season, unfortunately, <laughs> and so there's going to be a lot of stunts being played out right now. Well, a local Democrat gu- gubernatorial candidate, Beto O'Rourke, knocked the Biden administration for failing to give border communities a plan for dealing with the number of migrants at their doorstep before saying he'll end the pandemic era emergency health order that allows federal officials to turn people away at the border next month. It does not make sense to end this until there is a real plan and the capacity in place to handle those and address those that come over, O'Rourke, O'Rourke said in an interview with the Texas Tribune on Tuesday. I have yet to hear a plan from the Biden administration to address the dynamic we will have on the border once Title 42 ends. So Title 42 was uh, under the Trump administration, and it said because of coronavirus and the pandemic, right? people are going to – it's kind of a wait in Mexico type of policy. Well, I think this applies to people who are seeking asylum. Seeking asylum. Seeking and normally asylum. when people seek asylum, there is a judge who will – determine whether your asylum application is valid and will either let you stay in the United States or not. Before, the the policy was if you're seeking asylum while you're waiting for your case to you be can heard, in the United you States. can just wait in the United States. Well, so you many, got a court date and you're supposed to show up. Supposed to show up. Well, so many migrants were crossing at the time that Title 42 uh, basically says, no, you can't wait. And so Abbott was in town earlier this week, and he told the mayor and the county judge and a bunch of law enforcement, Border Patrol uh, personnel, you know, it's as soon as this is uh, Title 42's revoked, there's just going to be a flood. And there probably is. I'm, I'm mildly surprised that Beto's going after the Biden administration. But, right. yeah, there ought to be something to take into account. You know, anybody can present themselves on our doorstep. And claim asylum. Anybody from countries other than Mexico. This is one of those OTM, other than Mexico. And uh, there probably is going to be a big crush. And uh, But I am just a tiny bit surprised that Beto would, would speak out so publicly uh, against the Biden administration right. on this. Yeah, interesting. I am too. All right, 10 people were shot on a New York City subway train Tuesday morning when a gunman detonated a smoke canister and opened fire on passengers. 29 victims went to Brooklyn hospitals with various injuries. Five people are in critical but stable condition. The gunman is still at large. Police were able to get an image of the suspect from a bystander's cell phone, a law enforcement official told ABC News. The suspect is described as a man wearing a green construction-type vest and a gray-hooded sweatshirt. 
The suspect has a heavy build and is believed to be about 5 feet 5 inches tall. Anyone with any information, video, or photos is urged to call 800-577-TIPS. The NYPD identified Frank R. James, 62 years old, as a person of interest in the investigation due to keys recovered at the scene. There is a $50,000 reward for James. Police also confirmed they are looking into social media postings by James about New York City Mayor Eric Adams and homelessness. Here is Mayor Eric Adams talking about holding those responsible accountable. Here's also Mayor Eric Adams talking about the information that they have and how they want to release it thoroughly. A 9mm Glock semi-automatic handgun, four extended magazines, a hatchet, gasoline, four smoke grenades, two which were detonated and two undetonated, and a bag of consumer-grade fireworks, according to police, were found at the scene. The gun was not stolen, according to police. Here's retired FBI agent Richard Frankel saying how they're going to probably find this man. All right, gas prices are still on a downward swing across the United States. Gas Buddy reports that the price at the pump declined for a third straight week. The national average stands at $4.10, according to Gas Buddy. Gas Buddy now says that the national average could fall slightly below 4 bucks per gallon over the next week. Some states, though, have significantly higher gas prices, like California. Gas Buddy is what I call any of my friends that we feel comfortable farting around <laughs> each other. You're one oh my of my gas. You're Gas Buddy. Lisa definitely was not a Gas Buddy. He totally farted earlier and was like, ha, ha, ha. that's yeah, funny. because you're my gas buddy. <laughs> Joanna's not a gas buddy. No, she is not. Nobody should be subjected to that buddy. Thank All right. You. Mayor Anatoly Fedoruk, the mayor of Buka, Ukraine, said that the bodies of 403 people presumably killed by Russian forces have been recovered in his city and that he expects the number to rise. Fedoruk said 16 residents <laughs> of Buka, remain unaccounted for and are presumed dead. Federuk alleged last week that nearly all of those killed in Buka are civilians. Russia has denied committing atrocities in Ukraine and said it's not targeting civilians. The news comes as Ukraine announced that it is investigating claims that chemical weapons were used in an attack against Ukrainian soldiers in besieged Maripol. Ukrainian Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Maliar said Tuesday, the government is investigating the claims, adding that preliminary information suggests phosphorus munition had been used. The claims could not be independently verified by ABC News, though. A South Texas County DA says he will not take action to stop a woman's scheduled execution later this month. Melissa Melissa Lucio was sentenced to die for the 2007 death of her two-year-old daughter. Cameron County District Attorney Luis Sines testified on Tuesday before a Texas House of Representatives committee saying he does not believe she will be executed on April 27th. He said there are still more than a dozen pleadings that will be heard in court and by state prison officials before Lucio's execution. He told lawmakers that he would not make any move to rescind the death warrant for Lucio, saying it would undermine the appeals process. The Republican in charge of the committee accused signs of washing his hands of any responsibility for Lucio's execution. Kim Kardashian has been pushing for Lucio's stay of execution, including appealing to the governor. A golf fan is dropping big bucks for a set of clubs previously used by Tiger Woods. Golf Week reports the person shelled out over $5 million for the clubs at Golden Age Auctions. The clubs were apparently used by Woods between 2000 and 2001 when he won four major championships in that span. Tiger participated in the Masters Tournament over the weekend and his first golf event since suffering serious injuries from a car crash in February 2021. 
Buzz, would you ever spend $5 million for golf clubs? Like if I had a billion dollars, I might think about spending $5 million, but no. There are all kinds of, look, they've raised off of Tiger's name and image, they've raised all kinds of money for charity. You know, a golf glove worn by Tiger would probably go for several grand, I would imagine. You know, just anything connected to him, especially if he actually used it in tournament play or to win a major, is going to get a lot of money, but from people richer than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have some really old golf clubs, and I always thought those were worth like a lot of money. Um, not not a lot. All right. Like, how much did you? I thought those were like thousands of dollars. Once no, you had at your no, house, no. they might be tens of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the labor t- the labor department announced Tuesday that the consumer price index jumped eight point five percent in March compared to a year ago which is the sharpest increase since December of 1981. While the new CPI was largely in line with expert predictions, inflation climbed 1.2% compared to last month, and consumers have seen the impact, especially on food products. The Food at Home Index, which includes groceries, saw a 1.5% jump in the month. In addition, the index watching meals, meat, poultry, fish, and eggs with the food at home bracket has gone up 13% since last year. Prices have soared as a result of massive consumer demand, supply chain disruptions from labor shortages, and increasing fuel costs, as well as because global food and energy markets have been made worse by the current Russian war against Ukraine. Here's an analyst from Moody's describing the purchasing power uh, might not be the same in the next year. He also goes on, to say, goes on to describe how the United States might be entering a recession. Again, here's analytics chief and economist Mark Zandi explaining how recessions actually happen. All right, a diary from 1938 is back with its original owner's family after over two decades apart. Lisa Coolbaugh says her grandson found the diary after it had been thrown away during a Pennsylvania house cleaning over 20 years ago. She recently decided to track down the owner's family, and with the help of Facebook, she did. Marianne said the diary belonged to her late father-in-law, and she plans to treasure it with her daughter and grandchildren. And an out-of-this-world item is hitting the auction block. Moon dust samples collected by Neil Armstrong during the Apollo 11 mission in 1969 will be up for grabs in a New York auction. Auction house Bonhams believes the moon dust could go upward for upwards of $1.2 million. The reason? It's the first known legal NASA authenticated moon dust that's been up for sale. Oh, like any rock or any soil sample, anything from the moon, it's illegal been to sold, sell. has been on the black market. Yeah. Like, which makes it almost impossible to authenticate, but apparently there's there's a real black market out there for moon artifacts. Yeah, because it's illegal to, yeah. to sell or buy. Uh, do you know this because you've looked up? These things, and you were curious about buying moon no, rocks? No, I remember there was, like, uh, a rock from the moon got, li- like, somebody lifted it out of an exhibit one time, and then it turned up in a private collection. This was, like, 30 years ago. This isn't even a rock. This yeah, is this the is dust. dust, right? How much dust are we talking about? Enough to fill a dust buster? I imagine, like, a handful, probably. Right. $1.1 million. The item is part of the space history auction by Bonhams, and bidding starts today. And finally, while an official recall has not been initiated, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has launched an investigation into reports that Lucky Charm cereal is causing gastrointestinal issues. 
Since last July alone, over 100 individuals have claimed the cereals making them ill, citing symptoms like nausea, gas, vomiting, and other bathroom-related issues. But could there soon be a recall on Lucky Charms? For truth in advertising, here's the latest ad for them. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. On the way, entertainment news with Joanna Barba. We've got that coming up in just a few moments. Congratulations to the winner of our $10,000 home improvement giveaway, Arturo Rivera. Yay! We got a hold of Art <laughs> yesterday and got, got a chance to talk to him about that uh, spa shower that he tried mm-hmm. to do himself that turned into more of a cave. I'm dying to see pictures of that, but... Art says that the $10,000 is going to go to good use. We got hundreds of entries. And Art Rivera of El Paso was chosen out of all of the eligible entries to be our winner. He was very happy, but skeptical, I got to say. Like, he really thought maybe a <laughs> prank was being pulled on him. But GECU and the Town Square Media Family Station say thank you to everybody who entered this contest And congratulations to Arturo Rivera for winning the grand prize of $10,000. And if you like money, like the rest of us do, we've got another (laughs) cash code keyword headed your way in about 30 minutes. So quarter past the hour, enter those keywords as soon as you get them. The more keywords you enter, the better your chance to go fund yourself to the tune of, well, every day we've got a $2,000 winner. You could even win $10,000 just by entering those cash code keywords. Yes, if you're in New Mexico, you're eligible. This is not a uh, Texas-specific contest, so if you're listening to us in Alamogordo, we had a call about this earlier, yep, you can uh, enter those words as well. And uh, at the KLAQ mobile app, just look for the, it's an icon of a money bag, and it says underneath it, go fund yourself. That's where you want to click to enter all the Mm -hmm. words. Every hour that there's a new word, it's another chance to get another entry in. So the more entries you have, better chance of winning. Before we get to entertainment news, here's what's coming up on TV tonight. The Masked Singer on Fox. Two singers will be unmasked for the end of round two. This whole thing, oh, when is this Rudy Giuliani thing going to happen? They are stretching God, for as it's obvious They're just dangling the it in last front of us now. Episode. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if who they think is going to end up being Rudy Giuliani has sung. I can't imagine it being good. I also can't remember what he was supposed to be because in all those early reports, it told us what character he was. And now, like, you can't find what character he's supposed to be. Um, Do you think they're just going to catfish us and not even show it? Yes, that's I exactly what I think. that's a possibility. In which case... Screw them. Yeah, we need Riot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even watching. Like the first, I'll admit, the first season, it was so different and so bizarre. And the way they would give out the, you know, mm-hmm. they parse out the, the clues and stuff. It, it had me that first season. Definitely. The second season, I thought, got a little dumb. By the third season, I really was doubting. Well, the second season was when I was doubting, is this person really a celebrity? That's because they started bringing in like Twitch stars. Twitch, yeah. This guy's on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mass Singer tonight, seven on Fox. <laughs> We don't know if the Rudy Giuliani thing's ever going to happen or not. CBS Beyond the Edge. This is kind of like the extreme competition show with celebrities. Uh, that's tonight on CBS. Jody Sweeten. Ooh. Craig Morgan. Colton Underwood. 
related to Justin Underwood? No. Okay. Colton Underwood <laughs> was the bachelor. He was the bachelor who ended up, after it was all over, saying, you know what? Guess I'm gay after all. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Paulina Poroskova. You nice. know who that is? You no. Know. Supermodel who was married to Rick Ocasek of the Cars. She sounds pretty. Former <laughs> NFL stars Ray Lewis and Mike Singletary are in there. And it's supposed to be like, you know, like a wilderness ch- I haven't watched any of it, but it's supposed to be like, oh, it's like... Can celebrities yeah. go camping? No, no. This is supposed to be like really extreme. Extreme camping. Episode three of Moon Knight is on Disney Plus today. Where are you at with this, Buzz? On the fence. <laughs> I, like I've watched both episodes, and I am very much... Undecided? Let me tell you. They have fundamentally changed everything about the comic book character of Moon Knight... And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, the whole background of Moon Knight... Well, the first appearance by Moon Knight was in an ep, was in an issue of Werewolf by Night. So, early 70s, Marvel Comics. I don't know as much about DC, but they had kind of gone back to, like, horror comics. You know, before, before the golden age of Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, a lot of comic books were doing horror. Comics. Mm-hmm. And that's when I forget what the group was called, but the Comics Code came in and Comic said, Authority. And some of these like fifties horror comics were pretty disgusting. There was like a lot of decapitations and innards and stuff. And the Comics Authority came in and said, You gotta clean that up. So they went to superheroes. Well, when the seventies came around, they started kind of dipping their toe back into the horror genre. And one of the things was Werewolf by Night. Well, Moon Knight was in an issue of that, and his superpower was that his suit was made out of silver. So it's like, you know, going to be poison to the werewolf. Then they brought him back as a superhero. Oh, and he only fights during a full moon. You know, I don't... don't, That's when werewolves come out. And then we're going to call him the Moon Knight. Sure. But his suit was made out of silver. Which is lethal to to, to werewolves. What? You didn't know silver was deadly to werewolves? I didn't know that he was wearing silver. In the first appearance that he made. He looked like a moon. Then they brought him back and kind of made him a Batman. He was a millionaire who had a secret lair with all kinds of gadgets, and he was a detective. They're doing this thing on Disney Plus with Moon Knight that is... Well, wasn't there a later retcon for this? Yeah, maybe, but it was kind of like You just stopped reading comics. Yeah, I went to college. Kind (laughs) of stopped reading. (laughs) There was a period of like 30 years there, 20 years, where I got a job. And, you know, I just quit reading comics. Some of this stuff might have come into it, but it's very based on Egyptian gods and Mm -hmm. magic. How do you feel about the magic? Like I say, I'm very much straddling the fence on this one. Some of it's... Also, Oscar Isaac is doing this weird British accent. Oh, I've heard this. I wonder if British people think it's a good British accent, because it might be, but just that it's coming out of Oscar Isaac's mouth is kind of disconcerting. Um, But this is episode three of Moon Knight. If you want to know where I am, I am right on the fence. I'm on the fence about Moon Knight. Don't do your nerd voice when I'm talking about something near and dear to my heart like Moon Knight. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Apologies. Netflix. There's a uh, five-part series called Our Great National Parks. Narrated by somebody named, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, Barack Obama. Oh, (laughs) Barry. Barry. 
for sure. Tonight's schedule also includes The Flash and Chicago Med at 7, Kung Fu and Chicago Fire at 8, and A Million Little Things and Chicago PD. That's I on. I like Chicago night. Or as you call it, the Chicago Utilities. Yeah, the power. Chicago Utilities. You got the fire, you got the PD. I assume they're going to have like a DMV. Uh, Water Utilities. Code enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should do that. Code enforcement. You follow around the dog. Chicago. <laughs> Code enforcement. Time for entertainment and Hollywood news headlines with Joanna Barber. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. The little girl in the red coat from Schindler's List is now helping Ukrainian refugees flee their country. That was now that was a movie moment which really got to me. You see the so mm-hmm. Schindler's List was in all black and white. Oh yeah, and you saw one little girl, and she had a red coat. That was the only color mm-hmm. uh, in the entire movie. And then later, you see the red coat on a pile of mm-hmm. Clo- uh, clothes. Yeah, clothes. They took off people. Yeah, that, that was just. I thought that, that was such a powerful movie moment. But the red coat girl. Mm-hmm. The actress who played the small girl in the red coat in the 1993 movie is now 32 years old and is volunteering to aid Ukrainian refugees. Her name is Olivia Dobrovska. She lives in Poland. The actress shared a post on her Instagram account, which featured a stylized version of the film's memorable image, but with the red coat instead showing flecks of blue and yellow in support of Ukraine. And she commented, she was always a symbol of hope. Let her be it again. The image of Dobrovska was originally shared at the beginning of March when the former child actress revealed that she was working to help Ukrainians escape the horrors going on in their country. And as part of a lengthy post, she commented, I can't tell you everything I saw there because I don't have right words in my mind. Nobody who has never seen this can't imagine this nightmare in the eyes of those people. Oh, good for her. I know. So heartwarming. Buckle up, fashion fiends. The Met Gala, a.k.a. the most glamorous party of the year, has finally released its 2022 dress code. The Costume Institute announced the 2021 and 2022 exhibitions would be in two parts after the 2020 Met Gala was canceled. Last year was the theme In America, a lexicon of fashion with the dress code American Independence which, let's be real, was a bit of a snooze fest compared to earlier themes like 2018's Heavenly Bodies. Well, this year, the theme for part two of the series is In America, an anthology of fashion that might sound a bit boring at first, but the dress code this time is gilded glamour white tie. According to Vogue... By the way, uh-huh. doesn't every regular American just hate this? <laughs> Where the rich people go and they've got these outrageous clothes on and it's super exclusive. I don't know. It was cool seeing Pete Davidson wear a skirt. <laughs> I don't know. Well, going to Vogue, the 20th. And the fact that they're trying to make it so patriotic and democratic yeah, is that like is it's kind just of a, little... a bunch of rich douchebags getting together and playing dress up in a really expensive way. And I just hate everything about it. I thought I you hated... would like this one because no. it's. The grandeur of the Gilded Age, New York. Oh, basically, well, I was the into that. Is, I was into that show, Gilded Age, that was on yeah. HBO. So basically, the theme is 19th century <laughs> material girl. Andrew Bolton, head curator. <laughs> 19th century. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Bolton, head curator of the Museum of Modern Arts Con- Costume Institute, is reportedly going to focus on inclusivity in fashion. So basically, Bridgerton vibes. Michael Bolton, the singer. Andrew Bolton. Bolton. Oh. <laughs> the Met Gala Ball is set for May 2nd. Yeah, I officially despise the, the Met, Met Gala. Gala. Yeah, I think it's cool seeing all I the... I think it's great seeing all the costumes. All the costumes. Yeah. And they really are just costumes. <laughs> all right. Yeah. 
In a recent interview, director Robert Eggers confirmed that he wants Willem Dafoe to play Nosferatu in his remake of F.W. Murnau's 1922 film. They they won't need any makeup. Do you know what's scary about that old Nosferatu? What's that? The dude looks like a real vampire. I mean, he honestly looks like a supernatural creature. And it came out in what year? 1922. Wait, didn't they make a movie about that movie? Yeah. Willem Dafoe was in that. He wasn't the vampire. He played Max Schreck, the actor who plays the vampire. Oh, he did play the vampire. Yep. The actor who plays the vampire. In Shadow of the Vampire. I saw that movie in the theater. I couldn't Mm -hmm. remember if... Nosferatu? You saw it in 1922? No, I shut up. I saw Shadow of the Vampire, which was about Nosferatu. Mm -hmm. Well, this time he could be playing a part that he previously played the actor playing the part of. (laughs) So it's very meta. Willem Dafoe has, his eyes are too far apart. I feel like they're just something. I think he has like this thing where he does his eyes to look crazy. Like he, yeah, like he opens them really wide. And he's just saying hello. Right. <laughs> Ever since Spider Man came out, it's almost like Willem Dafoe's real face started looking like the Green Goblin's face, <laughs> but not the Green Goblin in the movie, the Green Goblin in the comic books. Because <laughs> it was like a like a helmet in the yeah. movie, but in the comic books, it's like a goblin, a real goblin. And finally, despite the entire plot revolving around a virus that turns regular people into sprinting, bloodthirsty monsters with only one thing on their minds, debate has raged for 20 years about whether or not Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later is really a zombie movie. I'm an expert on zombie movies, and Joanne is an expert on horror movies. With your powers combined, we should figure (laughs) this out. I've always thought of it as a zombie movie. Well, now screenwriter Alex Garland is stepping into the debate. In a new interview, Garland was asked about the discourse surrounding 28 Days Later, and he answered that the modern horror classic is most definitely a part of the zombie subgenre. There you go. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Okay, so... You would think that would be the end of it, but the director, Danny Boyle, has said in the past that he wouldn't label it a zombie movie. Well, Danny Boyle doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Right? The guy who made that... just directed the movie. Doesn't know anything. You didn't actually write it, did you? Well, okay, Joanna, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the movie, uh, Cillian Murphy, right? Cillian Murphy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He... uh, He wakes up in a hospital. He He was in a hospital. So really... I wonder if they ripped that off from The Walking Dead or if The Walking Dead, because Rick... Which one came first? Yeah, which one came first? I did think when I first saw The Walking Dead, I was like, this is basically 28, 28 days, days later. later. Right. Yeah. So he wakes up at a hospital and all the S has already gone down. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing. You can't reason with them. They're mindless. And they try and bite you. And they try and bite you. And they're... They're fast. That was a that was a mind blowing. That twist. was a little twist. But yes. are they technically dead? Good point. There are a lot of comments that say they're technically not reanimated corpses, but rather infected humans okay. that transform. Can I into counter that? Else. Go for it. The original zombie wasn't a reanimated corpse. The zombies in pop culture before 1968, when Night of the Living Dead came out, were people that had been mystically altered by zombie priests. Huh. They were, you know, people who had been zombified. Mummies. Well, did you ever see Serpent in the Rainbow? No. Whoa. Oh, did you ever see Serpent in the yeah, Rainbow? Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the idea of a zombie wasn't like, 
oh, this is a dead corpse that we've reanimated necessarily. Okay. It this is just been, a magical, this is a corpse that is, well, not even a corpse you're saying, it's a, a person a that's A person been, that has been kind of zombified. Right, either through, you know, some kind of chemical process. So Serpent in the Rainbow was based on the work of an actual ethnobotanist who went to Haiti. And what he found out was, well, this is what the movie says. Uh, these voodoo priests would poison uh, victims with like some part of a, a puffer fish, you know, that would paralyze. Mm-hmm. So it, they would look dead and their family would be like, oh, our dead one has passed away. Then the zombie priest would go reanimate them. They weren't really dead, but he'd keep them on drug, you know, under his control somehow. So weird. Yeah. So the fact that they're not dead, I don't think that's the key thing in make it a zombie. And that is what Garland also says. He's like, whatever technical discrepancies may or may not exist, yep. they are pretty much zombies. They're pretty much zombies. Yeah. By the way, 28... They, they check off all the boxes. 28 yeah. Weeks Later is a fantastic Great movie. sequel. And the reason is because there's this group who's like, you've got like the authority. And they're like, nobody gets past this checkpoint. We're not going to let anybody out of England. Like, England's got it under control. Do you remember Joanna? Yeah, yeah. And the protagonists are trying to get out for whatever reason, and you're like, yeah, you're you're pulling for the protagonist. Right. It turns out the authorities were wrong, were right all along because well, they, the, we the been protagonists get out, and then once again, the you know the pandemic gets gets out. To mm-hmm. the Don't say that word. So it's a thing where it's like all the bad guys who are the government heavies at the end of the movie. If you're paying attention, you're like, oh my oh, god, good they, guys. they were right. They really should have mm-hmm. just shot those people in the head to <laughs> save the rest right. of the planet. <laughs> Well, with your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. There was a uh, mass shooting in a Brooklyn subway yesterday, and some smoke bombs went off, and they think they've identified the guy they're looking for, and they're trying to catch him. No fatalities. Fingers crossed, but I'm watching the reports. Out of all the people injured, and 10 people shot... I guess nobody's uh, died from their injuries, so hope that's still the case as this story continues to unfold. Nico is going to tell us about strange Easter traditions around the world. Cool. We've got that on the way. I've got a little bit from the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, uh, what? what's the... Trial? He's, yeah, but he's suing her for defamation. defamation. Yeah, defamation. I trial. want all the hot tea spilt on this one. God, it is chaos. Who yes. are you? Are you Team Amber Heard, Joanna, or Johnny Depp? I think everybody sucks in this situation. This is one of those where you don't. You're never going to know right. exactly yeah. what went on. You know, so I don't want to be on the side of somebody who might have been in the wrong. You know, maybe they're both awful. I, I hear a lot of people saying Amber Heard seems like a toxic person. Mm-hmm. I feel like that. But I really you, just don't like but her. But I also feel like he's also a toxic person. You think Johnny is a toxic yeah. person? I could see that. But you don't know. No. But I mean, we don't, don't know, know right? I've never met him. I've never been around him. You know, a lot of this is going to be he said, she said, but there's a jury that's going to have to come to some kind of Look, decision. I, I judge them on their acting ability, okay? Oh, one in that was, case, then I'm Johnny Depp. Jo- one was a... Uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. The other one was in Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> uh, so Johnny Depp 
used to be married to Amber Heard, but he is suing her over an op-ed that she wrote for the Washington Post called, I spoke up against sexual violence and faced our culture's wrath. That has to change. That was what Amber Heard wrote. Well, Johnny Depp is suing for $50 million, claiming that defamed him. In the article, uh, just so you know what they're suing over, Amber said, she was, quote, harassed and sexually assaulted by the time I was of college age. But she never said in that op-ed that she was sexually assaulted by Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. She does not even mention she him by name man right. in the piece. During his opening statement yesterday, the lawyer for Amber Heard said that she didn't write the headline and wasn't given a chance to approve the headline. I definitely know how that feels. <laughs> But then he said that Johnny Depp did sexually assault her. So that's really like the first accusation, Mm -hmm. and it came from her lawyers. Her lawyer said that it happened after she confronted him about his drinking when they were in Australia in 2015. Johnny's team, Johnny Depp's team, actually went first in the opening statements. By the way, this is all streaming on Court TV's website. Right. And they're covering it, and it's all going to be out there, and they're saying there's going to be like this whole litany of celebrity uh, testimony. We've heard that Elon Musk is going to be there. Who else have we heard? Paul Bettany? James Franco? <laughs> Johnny's uh, Johnny Depp's team went first in opening statements, and one of his lawyers is saying that Amber just added the sexual assault to her claims because she realized the seriousness of what she alleged and panicked. Hmm. So here is uh, here's somebody from Johnny Depp's team uh, yesterday saying that it's just being made up to help her defense now. So that means the jury, but also everybody watching as this thing is streamed, I guess, Joanna, in its entirety. Yes. Much. I'm going to get my popcorn. <laughs> Here's a, I got a question for you, though. If Johnny Depp is saying you defamed me to the tune of $50 million, but then she didn't mention his name at all. I mean, the whole first day's testimony is that she didn't accuse him of sexual violence and she didn't right. even name him by name in the op-ed that she wrote. Even though he became associated because people started speculating who she was talking well, about. This, this whole relationship was it's been really chaos. T- really chaos and toxic mm-hmm. and well i mean how old was she when they started dating do you know joanna no how old is she now let's see uh, johnny depp is like 56 57 she's he might be a, 29 30 she's 35 she's 35 so you go back 10 years in time she was yeah, 25 and he was in his 40s yeah i guess what i mean that that should be immaterial, right? I don't as think so. I think that oh, yeah. sometimes there's such a, a difference in maturity that that can just cause problems anyways. Yeah, but legally, an adult's an adult. No, legally, yeah. Johnny Depp's sister testified yesterday and said that uh, she had heard Amber Heard disparage Johnny Depp during their marriage. What did she call him? old fat man buzz is that that bad to be called that's a term of endearment (laughs) you mean from you're somebody you know yeah 
If I got called an old fat man, it's I Tuesday. Even, I don't even object. There's a lot, lot, lot worse stuff you could be called than an old fat man. Hey, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna marry a 25 year old, you kind of put that on the table. She's gonna play. You know, anytime there's any friction, she's immediately gonna go to the uh, old man cracks. Happy Easter. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Happy Easter. All right, Nico has uh, identified some unusual Easter traditions That's around the right. world. You know the the culture with the weirdest Easter tradition that I know of. Let me tell you about this. Okay. So, uh-huh. it's it's actually religious in nature and it's all okay. about like this man who is actually God who was executed in a really gruesome way Mm -hmm. and then he rose from the dead and we celebrate that with bunnies and eggs. Mm -hmm. How did the bunnies figure into this man who was executed? That's why I say that it is the weirdest. That is a weird (laughs) tradition. The whole thing is bizarre, right? Just the whole setup for Easter. Yeah. Hey, I know my Lord and Savior died, but here's a bunny. Jesus. Zombie or not? (laughs) I remember when somebody told me this the first time. I was like, what are you? You guys so disrespectful. What are you talking about? They're like, he's a dead guy who came back from the dead. I was like, oh, yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally a zombie. zombie right? <laughs> like, totally. Maybe on a technical level, but I don't think he tried to eat anybody. Good point. He told them to eat, eat him. him. He's turning them. In- <laughs> right. So we've been doing that for 2,000 years. So who's the zombie in this situation? <laughs> We're the zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have identified 10 Easter traditions from around the world that might be a little off the beaten trail. Uh, Number one, the Easter bilby from Australia. What the hell is a bilby? A bilby is a small rabbit-sized marsupial native to Australia. In an attempt to raise awareness about the dwindling bilby population, confectioners in Australia have taken to making chocolate likenesses of them. Show me what that looks like. Joanna, look up Bilby, or yeah. Chocolate Bilby. Chocolate Bilby. It, okay, you're showing me the chocolate version. It looks like a genetically defective rabbit. What the hell <laughs> it is like, this? It looks like it an looks anteater. Like, yeah, what's with this pointy, weird nose? I never heard of a Bilby. Yep. And what's... what's they're, they're endangered they're in Australia. Endangered? So Aussies can scoff at will, knowing that every bite they take is helping to save... An is endangered it, species. Is it solid or hollow? <laughs> That's a very important yeah, question. That's a very good question. We ranked our do we, Easter candy. Do we like a solid bilby or like a hollow a so- bilby? I'm solid, yeah. I'm Number always disappointed hollow. when I pick up a chocolate rabbit, it's hollow inside. But I will bite the butt off first. I'll admit to that. You Buzz will, goes butt first. He mm-hmm. eats the butt. He loves eating the butt. All right. Number two. The world's biggest Easter egg omelet is made in France. On Easter Monday, the residents of Ho usually crack more than 4,500 eggs into a gigantic pan to create a massive Easter omelet that serves over 1,000 people. Each family breaks the eggs in their home in the morning, and then they gather in the main square where the eggs are cooked for lunch, dinner, and breakfast the next morning. Interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you love eggs that much, Buzz? I wouldn't finish it off myself. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Do you know why they use so many eggs? Why? Because in France, it's an oaf. It's an oaf. It's an oaf. Of oaf? 
Uh-huh. He's saying the French term oof, oof. It's an oof. You have to explain that. What does oof mean in French? Egg. Egg. It means egg. Oh my god. (laughs) Really, I'm trying not to laugh into the microphone from now on. Shut (laughs) up. All right, number three, hungry. In Hungary, women dress up in traditional clothes on Easter Sunday, and then they get splashed with water. Or yeah. sometimes even have a bucket of water it's chucked a, over them. It's a wet what? Sunday dress yep. competition. Woo. All the women in Hungary get splashed with water by the guys. Uncomfortable, yes, but it certainly beats uh, the Czech Republic Easter tradition. Or I think it's just Czech now, right? Mm. Number four, the w- witches of Easterwick in Finland. Halloween comes early to Finland as children dress up as witches and wander the streets with broomstick on a hunt for treats. Hey, Finland kids, you got your holidays screwed up, you ding-dongs. The tradition That's is, Halloween. Let him finish. The tradition is said to have come from the belief that witches would fly to Germany and cavort with Satan. Bonfires are also used as a means to scare them away. Wait, they do that in Finland, but the tradition is that the witches go to Germany? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. The tradition is said to have come come from Germany. Oh, yeah. oh. To Finland. Number five, tobacco trees. In Papua New Guinea, chocolate isn't much use in their steamy jungles. So Easter trees at the front of churches are decorated with sticks of tobacco and cigarettes instead. These are then handed out after the service. Hey, kid, here's your cigarette. <laughs> right. <laughs> Number six. The cigarette bunny king. <laughs> Three smokes for all the kids. I wouldn't say no to that bunny. In the Philippines, some devout Catholics have taken to the practice of self-crucifixion. Oh, I've seen pictures and, and videos self-flagellation of self-flagellation on Easter. Like some of them actually let them put nails, nails. and then all year oh long, the, Joanna, right? the yeah. wound heals up. And then they do it, do it all again. again the next year. And then, Buzz, can you explain to people what self-flagellation is? You whip yourself. And why would people back. be doing that? You know, I think people just have done a lot of up stuff <laughs> in the history of Christianity. There was a time where it was believed in the Middle Ages in Europe that if you self-mortified yourself by whipping or self-flagellation, right. somehow that brought you closer to closer God. To God. Well, their thinking in the Philippines is that crucifying and self-flagellation helps purify them and cleanse them of the sins of the world. However, the Roman Catholic Church is not keen on the idea and has actively been trying to discourage this practice without much success. Hey, is anybody going to walk up to Mount Cristo Rey this Sunday? Are they having Uh, it this Sunday? I think they are. That's a great question. I've never made the walk before, so this might be the year to do it. Some people do it in different ways. Some people are like, I'm going to go up there only on my knees. Right. Like, what? I'm going to go the whole way mm-hmm. on my knees up the mountain. Ugh. No, not for me. All right, number seven, Greece. Easter is known around the world for multicolored decorated eggs, right? But in Greece, you're going to only find one type of egg, red eggs. In Greece, red is the color of life, as well as a representation of the blood of Christ. From ancient times, the egg has been a symbol of the renewal of life, and the message of the red egg is victory over death. Okay. 
So they just dye them all red? All red. I mean, all the colors are part of Easter. Got any more? Yep. Uh, Norway. Easter time is a crime time in Norway. In Norway, television channels run crime shows and a slew of new detective novels are commissioned to come out just before Easter. Really? Yeah. People across the country... There's a post-religious secular society for you. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a new podcast of Serial coming out. I mean... We're one to talk. Our deal's all about chocolate. (laughs) People across the country in Norway escape into their mountain cabins and spend the weekend with the whodunit television shows or books. Even the milk cartons carry short detective stories on their side during Easter season. Wow. The phenomenon was triggered by the immense popularity of crime novels in 1923 set on the Bergen Railway. Number nine, New Zealand. The Great Easter Bunny Hunt. While the rest of the world hunts Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> While the rest of the world hunts for Easter eggs hidden around the house, the good folks of Otago grab their guns for the annual Great Easter Bunny Hunt of New Zealand. The idea is to rid- Don't shoot a Bilby by mistake. Right? <laughs> that's a good callback to the first That's a real, that's a good callback. The idea is to rid farmlands of invasive pests with over 500 hunters vying for the coveted trophy and the New Zealand prize money of 3,500 New Zealand dollars. Wow. With over 10,000 rabbits meeting their maker every year, the Easter Bunny sensibly gives the, this corner of New Zealand a miss. Mm. Number 10, whip cracking in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. If How many are on your list? Just 10. This is the last one. Okay. If you're a woman and you... Are you already get bored? Yeah. No. If you're a woman and you find yourself in the Czech Republic or Slovakia on Easter Monday, it's perhaps best to stay indoors. Local men and boys roam the streets with gaily decorated willow switches, usually adorned with ribbons, looking for girls to lightly whip. Ah, getting, oh, wow. a little S, getting a little light <laughs> S&M in. Interesting. <laughs> The whipping is not intended to be painful, but instead is meant to encourage good health and beauty. You may feel otherwise, and the tradition is seen as quite controversial these days. And those are the ten weirdest Easter egg traditions I found around the world. Which one is the weirdest, Buzz? All of it's weird. (laughs) Just the whole thing. The whole holiday. Right. The whole deal of it being so somber and religious, and then it's like, let's go home and eat our chocolate, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really taken the meaning out of the spirituality of it. Well, you know what it what it was. Uh, it was a combination with the they, candy companies. <laughs> I think that probably has a big deal. But f- further back than that, as Christianity expanded, you went into these new territories. You kind of combined it with pagan observances. So there's nothing that says that Jesus was in the Bible that says Jesus was crucified in the month of April or spring. Oh, but those that time of year was already celebrated in all these pagan countries because. It was spring. Stuff was growing. It was renewal. Oh, interesting. You know, so a rabbit, which was associated with multiplying, you know, that's one of the things. Rabbits have a lot of offspring. Uh, Rabbits bang a a lot. Yeah. That was a symbol of fertility and renewal. Same with eggs. That's when you sow your crops too, right? And 
Get yeah, ready for the year. You know, everything that had been dead kind of comes back to life. Oh, yeah. So they were able to tie in the whole Jesus thing with that. And it was just like a synthesis of pagan beliefs with mainstream Christianity. When did we get the, the chocolate? I don't know. Did they even have chocolate before they discovered the new world? Because right? I, I, I don't think they really had chocolate <laughs> before that, but I'm sure there were some kind of treats. Like, here's a plum, you know, or whatever used or to be considered. Some honey. Yeah, whatever was considered a treat back in those days, I'll bet. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, get ready to play Florida Man Game because I do have a Florida Man Game as part of today's True Crime Report. Time for our True Crime Report, actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. I'll give you a heads up when we're ready to play the Florida Man Game. Now, we have a few stories from Florida, but only one is the Florida main game for today. A Florida babysitter is being accused of putting a child in a dryer and spinning him around. <laughs> the babysitter's name is Amber Chapman. She's accused of aggravated child abuse. Here is Florida Police Lieutenant Fred Jones talking about the kid who was put in a dryer. <laughs> Maybe it was just like, hey, Kid, you want to go for a ride inside the dryer? Hop in. <laughs> I know it's a terrible story, but I think it's really funny. <laughs> she didn't put him in the washer. She didn't put him in the washer, right? <laughs> he still had air. A uh, 57-year-old Florida man, again, not our official Florida man game story is facing charges for pretending to be a DEA agent. You, you'll never guess, though, why he pretended to be a DEA agent. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> he pretended to be a DEA agent because... He was trying to buy drugs. The cool uniform. Yeah, the first thing that occurred to me was, oh, okay, it's just somebody who likes to go around telling people he's a cop. Right. And that is a little Stolen bit Stolen valor. Or... You know, maybe he wanted to leverage this to try and get drugs. <gasps> he was trying to hook up with someone. <laughs> no, he was doing it to get the law enforcement discount at Wendy's, it turns out. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Yeah, the reason he claimed to be DEA agent is because Wendy's offers a discount for law enforcement. And he wanted in on that sweet, sweet Wendy's discount. Oh, my God. 57-year-old David Stover lives near Daytona. Apparently loves Wendy's. A friend of his used to work at a local Wendy's and gave him a discount. But the friend recently quit or got fired. We're not sure what happened to the for friend. For giving discounts. Maybe. So he didn't have his hookup for the discount anymore. The new plan that Mr. Stover came up with, posing as a DEA agent to get a law enforcement discount. On Monday, police responded to a report of an angry customer at a Wendy's who was arguing with the staff. It turned out that it was Mr. Stover who was demanding the discount and wouldn't back down. Wendy's workers claimed he even flashed a badge, which turned out to be a concealed carry badge, which anybody can buy online for like five bucks. (laughs) Did he do the move where he flashes it real quick so they can't tell? Maybe. Don't you know who I am? It sounds like Mr. Stover had been able to get the law enforcement discount a few times, but the manager decided to put a stop to it. Mm. 
He is facing charges for impersonating an officer. Did they call the police on him? Yeah, because he was arguing about his discount and he wouldn't he wouldn't back down. And there's the uh yeah, that's a concealed weapon. Wait, do badge. they give concealed weapons like in a badge? Like that looks like a No. It's a completely fictitious thing that you can order, you know, people who oh, you know what it'd be cool if I had a badge that I carried around. That says be, concealed weapon permit. Yeah. Ugh. There's nothing worse than stolen valor. Was this stolen valor or just a really, really frugal guy who loved his hot and juicy from Wendy? From Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a really stolen valor situation? Uh, I think, it, yeah, I think so. Even if he's not trying to get the glory. They're trying to figure out or, uh, whether or not a driverless taxi in San Francisco actually fled from a police when they tried to pull it over. They got driverless taxis in San Francisco because, of course, you know, if you figured, hey, where's some place where you get a taxi without a driver? Yeah, California. Yeah. San Francisco's a good guess. Police pulled over the cab, which, again, didn't have a passenger or a driver, so there was nobody in the car. No one was inside. Then during the stop, the car took off and started driving again. And the- <laughs> And the officer gave pursuit. It didn't go far, though. It drove through the intersection once the light turned green and then pulled over and put its hazards on. Again, all by itself. Okay. The taxi is owned by a self-driving car company called Cruise, C-R-U-I-S-E, and they say that the car did exactly what it was programmed to do. They say their self-driving cars are programmed to yield for police and then pull over to the nearest location that's safe. So that's what it did, according to this company. Police did not end up issuing a citation. How would you even do it? Would you just stick it under the windshield wiper? (laughs) (laughs) Do they even have windshield wipers? Why would they need a windshield wiper? That's a good point. Like a driverless car wouldn't even need a windshield. It could just all be enclosed, I guess, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, Would they even need a windshield? I don't know where. Some of the sensors might be on the inside of the window, so not sure. Unclear why the officer wanted to pull over the driverless taxi in the first place. How freaked out as a police officer would you be to be like, all right, uh, license and nobody's there? Yeah, I guess as these things are going to come online and be more and more common, we'll get used to it, right? I mean, we, everybody. Like, if a car pulled up and there was nobody dri- nobody in it, oh, it would probably freak you yeah. out the first time. A man in uh, Pennsylvania was on the run from the police a few weeks ago, used a toilet as a weapon, the entire toilet. 47-year-old man in Pennsylvania um, was very destructive at a convenience store. He assaulted several customers. Then he struck multiple vehicles with plastic signs. Some of the vehicles in the parking lot were damaged, so the cops are after him, obviously. The man claimed that he had a gun and was threatening to shoot people, so that's when police were called. When they got there, the rampage entered a whole new level. The suspect climbed the fire escape of a nearby apartment building and then started throwing rocks down at the officer. (laughs) What were rocks doing at the top of a fire escape? (laughs) (laughs) 
Eventually, he made his way onto the roof of the building and threw a whole toilet off the roof, along with a paint can. Fortunately, no one was injured. Oh, God. Suspect broke a window, entered the third floor of the building. Police were able to finally apprehend him. Who throws a toilet? Honestly. Honestly, (laughs) who throws a toilet? The man is facing charges of aggravated assault, criminal trespass, terroristic threats, and simple assault. All right, you ready for the Florida Man game for today? Yeah. Yeah. All right, if you're ready, all I have to do is play the Florida Man theme song. (laughs) Florida Florida Man, Florida Man. Man. Bodily harm, Florida (laughs) Man, Florida Man. Who's dozen trees? Tennis balls that are full of bees. Who tries to bite every cock he sees? Florida Man, Florida Man. Rules are pretty simple. I'll give you the headline about a Florida man that's currently in the news, and I'll leave out one key word or phrase. Your job is to guess what fills in the blank. Are you ready, Joanna? Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to have to take off all the other Florida Man game answers I have. Piling up over there. They right? are. Just a bunch of alligator and meth. Here's your uh, headline minus the key word or phrase. Florida Man arrested after cops find him in possession of drugs, guns, and a baby blank. <gasps> Fortunately, it doesn't end a baby. Florida man arrested after (laughs) cops find him in possession of drugs, guns, and a baby. Oh, God. Blank. A baby blank. God, it's almost so obvious. Yeah, it is almost like, should I just go with the most obvious answer? I don't know. There are all kinds of babies that this guy could have in his possession. Hmm. Joanna, you got your answer? Um, Nico, have you got your answer? Yes. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why this one would be so tricky. It seems pretty straight ahead. It's very tricky. Because, yeah. It's it's Florida. Look, the guy had drugs. (laughs) Drugs. Guns. Guns. And a baby blank. God, the Florida trifecta. Drugs, guns, and... And a baby something. (laughs) Automobiles. (laughs) Nico... All right, this totally sounds like a episode of Tiger King, so I'm going to say Tiger. Oh, Baby that's a Tiger. Good one. We'll find out if you got it right. Joanna, did you guess something different? I did, and I went with the most obvious Baby Alligator. Yeah, I'll go with that one, Joanna. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer, Nico. <gasps> nice. Oh, my God. We have a winner. We do. Officers at the scene found a baby alligator in an open plastic tub. Oh, my God. We finally got alligator. Finally, alligator (laughs) is useful. I could have used my old answers. (laughs) I feel like, you know, alligator's probably responsible for 35% of all the guesses on the Florida man. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a, a... it's where the I smart know, money is. But sometimes it's so obvious and you don't want to use it. Mm-hmm. Florida man was arrested at a traffic stop in Naples, found to be in possession of loaded syringes, multiple firearms, and a live baby alligator. 
31-year-old Michael Marola was stopped by law enforcement. This happened around 1230 in the a.m. Police say they recognized him from a previous encounter regarding a suspended license. Three individuals in total were in the car, but Marola was arrested. Officers at the scene found a baby alligator in an open plastic tub. They discovered two firearms, one hidden in a glove box and another under the front passenger seat. At least he was concerned with the alligator's moisture. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was keeping him... Yeah. Give it a good environment. Yeah, yeah, when you take an aquatic, alligator. A semi-aquatic environment. Yeah, when you take an alligator into your care, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. And <laughs> you got to feed it, take it Mola out. was also found with two loaded syringes in his jacket that later tested positive for methamphetamine. Who shoots methamphetamine? God. Is that not how you? Is that the, not the norm? That is not the common way I've ever heard it reported to. to do people up. smoke. Nice. Yes. Is that what happens? Yes. Uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission handled the alligator possession. According to their statement, a citation was issued for the possession of the alligator. <laughs> <laughs> On top of everything else, you got to. Bust me for the alligator, but I kept him wet. <laughs> That's my baby. <laughs> don't take my alligator. Don't take my baby. Take my meth, but don't take my sweet boy. Rufus. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Are right, we going to start wrapping things up? Veronica's going to take over, and at about a quarter past, she's going to have another cash code keyword. So every hour close to the quarter past. We're going to have a different cash code keyword through the 5 o'clock hour. Every keyword you can enter on the KLAQ mobile app under GoFund Yourself. Every day we've got a $2,000 winner. You could even win $10,000 as a bonus by playing cash code GoFund Yourself with 95.5 KLAQ. This is a uh, local crime story that was just a little too serious to put into the true crime report. Okay. But it was a really f- interesting case. Do you remember there was a story about a over-the-road truck driver who'd put up flyers saying, hey, if you've got any boys that want to be my companion out on the road, I'll pay them, and they'll get to see the country. Mm-hmm. I just need, like, companionship. And oh, apparently right. some parents took, took this dude up on There are... So many red flags that would go up. Well, we this. we covered this. I remember uh, it was in a viral uh, social media post. I think that co- that found the poster uh, in Socorro or like on a gas station. Uh, well, the truck driver has been convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Travis Wayne Vavra, age sixty, was convicted of the abuse of a boy who was nine years old when he first traveled with Vavra in his eighteen wheeler. Suspicious flyers posted in store windows got the attention of people on social media and then the FBI. In fact, the FBI uh, agent in charge of the investigation, Jeffrey Downey, says, you know, a lot of thanks goes to the community and citizens who reported that something didn't seem right. Vavra was a trucker for more than 40 years and had no criminal record, according to his lawyer. Story goes back in summer of 2015. The boy was nine years old. 
the child's family responded to a flyer at a gas station offering free season passes to Wet n Wild Waterworld. Oh my god. This is gross. Zavra, look, they're not given the the minor's name obviously because he's the victim and he's under age. But did it ever come up at any point? It's like, at what point is a family just negligent for right. letting a stranger take your kid out on the road for extended trips in his 18-wheeler because you saw a flyer at a gas station? And that, any, what a great Any idea. parents who did that would be crim- should be criminally charged. Well, I don't know. I mean, you don't. it doesn't say anything about the family other than their role as the family of the victims. Okay. No. It wasn't the family. It was the boy when he turned 14, finally went to the police. So so 2015, the child's family responded to this flyer. Uh, they said that uh, the boy developed a relationship and the family with this man who gave the child money, red flag, a cell phone, red flag, video games, red, red flags, flag. a credit debit card, red, red, red flags, and helped pay the family's bills. Red flags all around. Oh, my God. This was not the only boy that uh, Vavra had taken on the road, and oh the FBI God. says that uh, there were two other uh, abuse victims. He was uh, convicted. Again, I, you know, this is very grim, but Vavra was convicted of repeated uh, molestation while sharing a bed in his 18-wheeler on trips to various states from 2015 to 2019. In 2019, the boy, then 14 years old, reported the abuse. It says Vavra was already under investigation by the FBI when photos of a flyer of a trucker offering to take boys on the road spread concern on social media. So this is a social media panic that actually turned out to have something behind it. Here's what the flyer stated. Parents and boys, if your kids want something to do at school breaks, I'm a truck driver. If your kids want to see different places, I'm willing to let them go with me. My trucks have GPS tracking, so you will know where we are at all times. I pay them $100 a week, teaches them responsibility. Kids are well guarded. This keeps me from being bored. Oh, my God. What business does a grown man have with a child that's not theirs? Who reads that as a parent and thinks, hey, that's That's a a good idea. idea. No, I think the parents you are know, criminally liable Nothing comes liable up on this. about the parents here. They're uh, not identified. They must it not makes, want It to... makes a lot of people like, who would look at this and say, this is seems safe. like a yeah. good deal? It's like the YMCA summer program. Well, all the all the gifts and everything, that's... Red gro- flag. That's grooming. grooming. Yeah. Grooming. Right. And then the fact that he was paying bills for the family, that's almost like a... Bribe? Pay, uh, yeah. I mean, it comes off kind of that way. Now, well, he I don't was know. giving us money. We the least we could do was look, give him our son. In the reporting on this, they don't say anything about the family's motives or whether, you know. doesn't matter. The fact that he ended up with a. You just think the fact that they were taking money to let their nine-year-old go with a creepy old man. They should be criminally liable. Absolutely. But no, they're, doesn't ba- say anything they're basically about the putting game. their child in harm's way. Could this have just been an extreme case of poor poor decision I don't think so. I think you honestly have to be a negligent parent who uh, really just doesn't want to see your kid and and doesn't want to uh, take him to a would summer you, program. Would you go even a step further in that by letting this guy buy not only the kid gifts but paying bills for the family. Oh, it, you're kind of 
prostituting criminal. yourself. Oh they my are, God. They are criminal. I mean, that is a... I didn't even think of it that they way. They are criminal. Well, it doesn't say anything about the family other than they were taken in by this flyer and trusted. For summer breaks, sending him with a trucker, you must really not want your kid around if you think that's a better option. Uh, what is Steven Seagal up to? Uh, Steven Seagal, that's right, former... One of the biggest box office stars, believe it or not, at one time. He was uh, f- uh, he was spotted in a restaurant in Moscow over the weekend uh, for his 70th birthday, and uh, he was talking to the allies of Vladimir Putin, saying... Like guys in the crowd that you recognize, oh, these are big allies of, of Putin. Uh, state media propagandist, the president of RT. Steven News. Seagal lives, I guess, in Moscow now. He has, re- he has a citizenship now, yes. And he was saying some pretty shocking things. Looking at this video, it looks a lot more like it's thick because Steven Seagal looks like he weighs 350 pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, sure. <laughs> This might be uncomfortable, but do you remember when Hudspeth County made him an honorary sheriff so that he could go and, like, do raids of illegal immigrants and stuff? Awkward. Yeah. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. So long.